Welcome to In the Zone with Deremy and Jose. I'm Deremy, and I'm joined by the man, the myth, the legend, the man with the power, too sweet to be sour, the one and only Jose Ruiz. What's going on, man? <laughs> oh, that's a new one. I like that one. See, um, see. What's, go- what's going on, Deremy? How you doing, man? I'm good. I'm good, man. I'm, you know, we've had a lot of a uh, lot of things going on in the sports world and in the the classic, the historic perspective, you know, of sports recently, but. You know, uh, something that we had kind of, everyone knew was coming, and we talked about doing an episode, but we said, let's wait till the announcement happens, and it happened this past weekend with uh, Drew Brees retiring. Yeah, we were waiting. <laughs> he was he was holding us up a little bit. But, yeah. Um, yeah, the news broke out again. It, it, was, it was expected, and, you know, I think great, you know, great career, uh, but I do believe it was, it was definitely time. Um, but again, a great, great career. I'm not taking anything, anything away from Drew Brees, but again, like it was definitely time for him to go. Um, you know, even, even like these last couple of years, you know, he played, played pretty well. He was hurt, but he played pretty well, but you can see it. You know what I mean? Like, and it, it was just time to go, but you know, he did. And we're here to talk about, you know, a hall of fame career. Yeah, it's definitely we know no it's it's ands or buts in five years you know 2026 he'll be a first ballot hall of famer and rightfully so um you know i'll be honest jose when really finally we agreed upon once he did it on sunday hey we're going to change our plans Mm -hmm. and do this episode someone like drew Brees is kind of like in a way why i love doing this podcast because it's not you know Tom Brady and you know history will always change and you get perspective as time goes on. Tom Brady, the Michael Jordans when it comes to that stuff, it's like okay, yeah, they were great. And then you can look at little chinks in the armor here and there, but it's hard. But someone like a Drew Brees is like why it's fun because it's really hard to define. It's like it's great, but there's there's questions that can go either way. There's the ups, the downs, the the great achievements, but the disappointments, the the little black marks, but yet and it's so much beyond just on the field in sports. It's it's a lot of legacies and things that are connected with it. That's why to me it's really fun. People like that are are fun to break down on this show. Absolutely. And you know, I was thinking it's funny you kind of just put it that way. I, I was thinking earlier, you know, how like the type of players that I like, right? That I like to watch. And and you know, we all know about Drew Brees, but we also. I, I'll speak for myself. I always like to do a little more research and to dig in a little more. And, you know, I, fi- I kind of forgot, like, like I was kind of a Drew Brees fan for a while there. You know what I mean? Like, I, I almost forgot that because of these last couple of years. But, and again, just doing, like, the research and looking at all the old films and, and stuff like that kind of brought a lot of that back to me. And what I was thinking about, kind of, like, to go off of what you just said was... Like, I tend to, like, in any sport, right? You just mentioned, like, Tom Brady, Peyton Manning. I always like Peyton Manning. But, like, I I tend to not root for the top guys for some reason. I always root for, like, that third or fourth guy. You know what I mean? Like, I I, I don't know why. I always gravitate to that dude, like, you know. And and that was always, for me, I always felt like that was where kind of Drew Brees landed for such a long time. You know what I'm saying? Like, that fifth, fourth best player quarterback in the league and 
and it just kind of struck me and you just it's funny that you just kind of said that but that's exactly what i was thinking earlier today no and it's fun see i forget which episode we gotta check our archives check them it was very recent but you kind of said what i've because i it was with peyton manning but it was like I didn't root for Peyton Manning. You were like, really? I, I, but it was that same reason. I'm always, I don't like rooting for the top guy. And I've grown to show more appreciation than when I was younger. But like, I don't like rooting for that, that number one person. I like rooting against like that number one person. Um, and so Peyton Manning, that's, he was in that for me. That's why I rooted against him for you know, his whole career. But like, you know, these these are kind of like these episodes. These is these episodes and the ones that are like those people who are forgotten about. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like who mm-hmm. we, we forget, like their legacy. Somehow over the years, people don't talk about them as much. Um, and there's a lot of other parts, like kind of episodes. I like talking about the guys who don't get the credit. You know, who were a part of the of a successful dynasty or a successful run. And it's like, yeah, we think of these stars, but what about this great coach or this GM or this? This role player who was really key. So there's a lot of different types of episodes I love, but guys like this one, like for Drew Brees, it's really it's really fun to do because um, he's a part of just so much history and so much stuff that's beyond football. Jose, I, I want to at least jump into it with this question: Do you think Drew Brees is is that the greatest free agent signing ever? I. I was really thinking about this uh, over the weekend, and and it, it was because you know we always think about obviously Drew Brees, you know we always think about like Reggie White, and that was the one for me where I was like comparing the two, right? Because if you look at both situations, you know, like what Brees walked into, and we'll definitely get into that a little later. What he walked into it, you know, with New Orleans with the Saints and. And everything that was going on at that time, you know, it, it's probably the most dramatic situation to walk into. But, you know, I also look at what kind of what Reggie White walked into, too. And I mean, but the difference is God told Reggie White to go to Green Bay. That's that's the bigger difference. Very but, true. Not not the money know, at all. No, no, you can't you can't go against God. But, um, you know, like like but how they both elevated those those two franchises to honestly I mean, Drew Brees is different. He's, he was just playing last year. But, you know, what Reggie White did in Green Bay, what Drew Brees did in New Orleans, it's like not only did those teams become successful, but they elevated both those franchises and to what Green Bay is today. You know, because for a while there, I know when we were growing up, Green Bay was, was shit. You it know was what I mean? Like, they were a terrible team. I remember they hit Magic Man, Mikowski out there and, you know, um, Sterling Sharp, and you know, a young Sterling Sharp, and but that was it. That's all I can. And Bryce Pop, obviously, I remember that. Yeah, I would never forget that name. But you know, for a long time there, then obviously Favre comes in, and Holmgren comes in, and you know, and everything changes. But they can never get over that hump. And then you know, they bring in Reggie, and it's you know, it's history. But so I, I always go, I battle with those two. I mean, if you want to, if I want to take everything in consideration. Everything that was going on in New Orleans, everything that Drew Brees did to that franchise, because now you're talking about another franchise who historically has been bad for a very long time. You know, you know the early '90s when they had that great defense. I, I mean, they, they were a decent team, but that was probably it. You know, and so I don't know. That's a that's a tough one for me to answer. If you again, if I want to take everything, I would say yes, he is. 
the greatest free agent of all time or the greatest signing, but I think Reggie's can give him a little a little push on that. What yeah. Um I I would think he he is right now number 1 for me mm-hmm. for NFL. I was thinking sometimes even sports. Yeah. Yeah. Um all time. That's where I was conflicted like could he be the greatest and it goes beyond like I think you could throw an argument he's the greatest in sports and you know, I know like I'm looking like in certain places like what Shaq did in for the Lakers and you know, you look at like LeBron for like Miami and then you know, all that stuff. For other teams. And for other teams <laughs> yeah, as well. But uh I, I think you can make I think he's definitely number one for foot for football and I think you can make a case he's number one in in in, in sport, honestly. Like he, because of just what was going on and also because the history of the saints and i you know the previous episodes that check the archives like i believe the hall of fame episode i get i give credit to you know what jim mora did to kind of help them and you had said like the late 80s early 90s they had the the dome patrol defense but the saints were really the equivalent of like the chicago cubs in baseball or like those mets teams in the 60s like lovable losers like oh it's the saints and they always lose, but they got good jambalaya and they got the music yeah. and it's a good place to go. Yeah, they have fun. It looks like they like they just have, love having a football team, even though they suck. They're happy, and that's before you know what will happen with Katrina. You know, it, it's like they had these little blimps. You know, with Jim Haslett and and Aaron Brooks that you know in two thousand. Yeah. You know, Newport News, Aaron Brooks. Yeah. <laughs> but it's it's like. The Saints had that reputation. Then you throw in Katrina, and I think that, you know, it, you have to look, and we'll get into Katrina and everything later, but um, it's, to me, number one because the Packers, it had been a big gap. They did have a great, you had Lombard, you had the frozen tundra. True. There was legacy there. There was a history of winning there. Um you had Ron Wolf coming in as GM. So Ron Wolf had built the Raiders. He was part of the Bucks when they started and they struggled, but the Bucks did become good. He wound up leaving. With here, to me, it's you you know, Drew Brees taking a chance, you know, like who? Mickey Loomis? Or, you know, Sean Payton was this a uh, young assistant under Bill Parcells. He didn't have that allure. So it really was like it's an upstart kind of a thing. Every way you can look at it, it's starting from scratch. So that's why I look at him just over Reggie's number two, but just over Reggie. Yeah, it's just the the impact on his city, and that's obviously documented. You know what what the impact that that team had on the city, and to be honest, like you know, I, I not that I have a clue because I'm not gonna say that, but you know, like I forgot how big. And again, I don't want to get too far ahead, but I forgot how big that impact was, like the Saints team with Katrina and all that. And again, I, I don't want to get it too ahead of myself, but um, no, but I agree. Like he can arguably be, arguably be the the best free agent of all time in any sport. Well, you know what's um, what's funny to me, and I, like we we said a little bit before we we started recording, we didn't you know get into it. We want to save it for the show, but is Drew Brees's time in San Diego, you know, he's the old one draft, but there's so much going on with him that you can look at the draft and we've heard these conversations with like 
Russell Wilson. We heard it with Kyler Murray a couple years ago. But that whole height and does he have the arm strength and he was in a spread offense at, at Purdue. You know, he's the second quarterback taken of that draft behind Michael Vick, but it's taken in the, the second round, 32nd overall. And Drew Brees really... I've forgotten how much of an up and down it was for him in San Diego, besides just the injuries, Jose. Oh yeah, and I was, and it's funny because I was kind of thinking about, uh, I was thinking about his San Diego career, and I was kind of like, again, because that's what we do here, right? We we bridge, we build the bridge from the past to the present here and in the zone. Um, and I was trying to kind of think of like, man, like what other career can I think of? And I was like, what else can I just think about? What just happened here in Philadelphia? You know with Carson Wentz and you know it was his third year in the league third or fourth year in the league and he really struggled and you know he's out of town you mm-hmm. know what I mean and you know Drew Brees came Good in point. And he you know he played he didn't play much in that 0-1 season he played towards the end of the season when Flutie got hurt and then you know he won the job in 0-2 and then 0-3 he had you know he had a pretty bad year that was 0-4 he had a pretty bad year no I'm sorry 0-3 he had a bad year and then 0-4 they had a nice they had a really nice season uh, with Schottenheimer, but it's like, I was kind of thinking of the same thing, like, man, like, if you just hold on, and I get it, like, I, I totally understand the situation with San Diego, why they would want to do it that way, because, you know, he's coming off that horrific injury, and coming into this thing already, like, you already know, like, the arm strength, the arm strength was always a question mark, now what's it going to be after this, you know, so I just feel, I, and teams, I always feel like that teams are quick to give up on guys just after a bad season and you know you look at it what happened here and that's exactly what happened and they missed out on a hall of fame career so well did they though because you know people say another guy just retired it'd be funny i I hope they don't go in because i i should i don't want to alter with people i don't think i'm not on the philip rivers hall of fame train but a lot of people are um, he definitely better not be a first ballot Hall of Famer if he is in there. I don't think he should be a Hall of Famer. But some people say he's a Hall. It's cl- I see why it can be close, I guess, but I don't think so, me personally. Yeah, it's it's close, yeah. But I, I would say no for me if I had a vote. But, like, I remember, like, especially once that, you know, when we'll get to it, when Breeze has that first year success with the Saints, and then we know what happened, there were, like, conversations about what, you know, the the – with the we talked about check the archives in the 04 draft with you know Manning and Rivers and Rivers coming to San Diego do you look back on that and think like that was a mistake should they have trusted and stuck with Drew Brees longer or did he, do you understand you know now we have perspective of them getting Philip Rivers and, and going down that road yeah once they drafted Rivers it was over you know what I mean like but it's not like he didn't have any success in San Diego, you know. Um, so I, I think it was definitely a, a huge mistake, you know, because, and, and, you know, I'll get into Sean Payton and what I think of all, you know, the whole New Orleans Saints and Breeze and Payton, like that combination. But, you know, the Chargers were, were coming, you know, they, they were building that, they were, they were building that team. In 01, you had two home runs with LT and, and, and Breeze. So, and again, they were 12-4, and four and they were they were coming. You know what I mean? And um, But again, I also think that injury, like the dude tore his labrum and rotator cuff. You know what I'm saying? Like, and it, 
that's that's tough to come back from. You know what I mean? Like, and that, and again, I go back to it. Like, you know, you look at the combine. He had a terrible combine, and it was the reason why it was not the reason why he had a terrible combine, but it was always those questions. And you had mentioned it earlier: spread offense, all of that stuff. Like, you know, the intangibles, height, arm strength, all of that, all of that stuff. And then now that's now you got to question that again because this dude just blew out his shoulder. So you got a guy. It's not like you got Elway. Who's throwing rockets down the field? And he blows out his shoulder. Now, like you know, it might not be that strong. Now, you got Breeze. That was never the case, you know. So, I I don't blame the Chargers for doing, you know, for because I mean they tried to sign him. They offered him like fifty million for like a couple seasons, but he didn't want to take that, and they never they never really released him. So, I I don't blame him because again, you you pick a guy fifth. Well, you know, you trade for a guy who was picked fifth, and you got to start him. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's that's your guy. So you already committed that draft pick to that, so. No, I um, – it's hard where I don't knock the Chargers because Drew struggled, you know, and then going yeah. into the 4 draft, Breeze had his first good year in San Diego, Phillip Rivers' rookie year. So yeah, up until that competition pushed them exactly, I I believe so too. Up until then, Drew Brees, it, it, it was rocky, you know, it was rocky for him. So I look back, I felt then, and I still feel now, and I don't believe in just always being consistent. You know, I believe that's what's great about the show and great about history. With perspective, you can learn. Um, I do feel that the Chargers made like I understand their decision. I don't knock them for it. I will say this though. Philip Rivers' first really like years taken over was 06 for the Chargers. They had that 14 and 2 run, and it really was the LT show. And not yeah. saying that if Drew Brees is because LT had he was playing out, he was the best back by far in football. But they were 14 and 2 and get upset by the Patriots in that divisional game. And that to me, of the early Brady years, that's like maybe the worst Patriot team, that 06 team. And I feel if you have Drew Brees, the Chargers are world champions that year. Yeah, that that team was good. That that Chargers team was really really good. And you yeah you were exactly right because that old four season Brees was benched like three times. You know for Flutie and yeah you're right. He I did yeah I got my years mixed up and yeah he did have a terrible season. But you know that's that's a really good point. I really never really thought about that now you know now that you say that like if they have breeze in those six like what kind of, like they're they're going to have a great season but in that playoff push you know you have drew breeze it's not at that point with it like year five you know so yeah you know years yeah year five so and you know he's a veteran he's obviously would have been playing well he would probably have him over the hump you're right and because philip river they he kind of wasn't letting it loose that was his first year mm-hmm. starting yeah so he was kind of game managing a little bit more. He could throw, you know, he had like gate, but he was more of a game manager. And I do feel like that kind of hurt them in that game against the Patriots. That's not the reason they lost, is for, but they did not have that quarterback. And, you know, it fit with Marty Ball and all that stuff. But I look mm-hmm. at it, I think with Drew Brees, you have a quarterback, you're more comfortable. Like you said, he's a veteran. That's year five at that point to throw the ball in those key situations in the playoffs. And then the Chargers always gave the Colts trouble. They gave Peyton Manning's Colts trouble. And they were a way better team than the Colts that year. And anyway, the Chargers were the best team in football in 2006. And I believe they go 
I think they would have had home field, honestly. So I think Indy has to go to San Diego. They beat Indy, and they definitely beat the Bears. So I really do feel like, you know, that changes so many legacies that, you know, we look with Drew. He, you know, San Diego, is San Diego still in San Diego now yeah. with the world title? Marty Schottenheimer with a Super Bowl ring who just passed away. You know, his legacy is looked at differently. So many things are different with that if they maybe keep Drew Brees. So and it's just one of those things we can look back on. And he didn't, but it's they, they didn't, but it's uh you kinda wonder what would have happened if you have Brees there instead of Phillip Rivers. Yeah, I mean and you you know, you talk about legacies like let's you know, you got L T as well. Like he gets a Super Bowl ring. Now we're talking about L T a little differently, you know. Um still a Hall of Famer obviously, but you know, I, I love El- I love Ladainian Thomas. I yeah. used to love watching him play, man. He was one of my favorite players when I was growing up, and and obviously doesn't get talked about a lot because I, we're in the East Coast, and you know he's playing out there in San Diego. But um, but the Saints, you know, what, what do the Saints look like if Drew Brees doesn't go over there? Because you know, you know they were looking at Vince Young, you know Matt Liner in that draft, you know mm-hmm. the, the the year before they signed Drew Brees and. You know, if they make those moves, like, the Saints obviously are totally, totally different. Um, sure. You know, I mean, I would have liked to see Vince Young playing in the Sean Payton offense. I think that would have been really interesting to, to see. But it's obviously not going to be what Drew Brees has done, <laughs> you know what I mean, the past yeah. 20 seasons, 15 seasons. That's that's for 100%. I'm 100% sure of that. So it's, it's funny how those one or two things, man, can change – organizations like not just the one organization but a couple organizations well and also we look at it new orleans is totally different but you know so after 05 drew that's when drew Brees gets hurt the chargers are nine and seven they're they're you know jose said it they had offered something but it really was like a not the strongest deal and they let him go and then there's a couple franchises and there's a couple Mm -hmm. of quarterbacks and there's an all-time great college coach who's involved. And that's where it's really fun for me, Jose, with the what-ifs. Yeah. Because, and this I kind of had forgotten. Because I remember, because yeah, Dante Culpepper, he's up. And his 4 year, if Peyton doesn't break the touchdown record, Culpepper had an amazing 2004 yep. season, right, in Minnesota. But I had forgotten a little bit. I've not forgotten the incidents, but that it was right then how bad Culpepper's 05 was, not just with the injuries, but just in so many ways. Yeah, and, you know, I'm thinking back in that Miami team, like, you know, I remember we had Chris Chambers, I think Ronnie Brown was coming on. Um, Like, they had a nice little offense there, and – but you were thinking, Culpepper, oh, he's back. Like, you know, because I, I used to like Culpepper when he was in Minnesota. I mean, but, you know, he kind of just fell off the map after that. Like, it, it was it, – it's, it's incredible what happened in his career. But uh, just to think about what happened in Minnesota and how well he played there. I mean, of course, we know you have all those weapons. It's, it's a lot easier to play well, you know, to play quarterback. But if you – you know, he goes to Miami, and I can remember, man, like, he's back, right? Like, he's back. Culpepper's back. He's, his career is rejuvenated. You know, he got this coach now, this young coach, college coach. He's going to turn things around in Miami. And then, you know, again, over to, well, falls off a cliff. So, But you know what I had forgotten about 
is I I forgot about the the stuff like remember and this is where I always PTI is one of my I always love PTI I liked them before yeah. they got on there like listen on the radio and then they were great but this is when Tony was at his best with the whole the sex boat with Fred Smoot and you remember all <laughs> yeah, that? I forgot about that and yeah. Culpepper being a part of that and he was like. He's he's hurt. He's a part of the sex boat thing, <laughs> yeah. and, and all these things. And then I was like, oh, I forgot that. So to me, I, going into this say, research, I was like, I could maybe see why Miami took Cole Pepper. But then doing all this, I was like, I really don't understand. You know, like he's got the injury, he got off the field issues, like character issues. I really don't understand a little bit more why Miami decided to go with Dante Culpepper. Yeah, I, I don't, I don't get that either. You know, and I, now I understand. Like, you know, Breeze doesn't pass the physical in Miami, and you know, that's obviously super important. You know, but yeah, there were much, there were other options other than Culpepper. You know what I mean? And, and I mean, it paid off for the one season, but and you, you know, that that's not going to stay like that with a guy like Culpepper. That's not going to be that consistent anyway with the talent, especially with the talent they had around him. Again, it was, it wasn't terrible, but it wasn't definitely what he didn't have in Minnesota for sure. Well, I'm gonna go into because this was something. It's not breaking news necessarily, but I I had just listened to it earlier today. With Nick Saban was on the All Things Covered with Patrick Peterson and mm-hmm. you know podcast on March 10th it it dropped. And they talked to him about the Drew Brees thing. And for me, I always thought, I'm not going to lie, I, Nick Saban, we know what happened at Alabama. And even before at LSU, all, probably the greatest college football coach ever. I thought it was kind of easy because it came out much later, once Brees had won, that when he said uh, that if they would have signed Drew Brees, he would have stayed. And that's why he left. And I was like, that could be a cop out i I wasn't sure for me if i believed him but he went into detail here saying that that they had drew Brees signed and that drew Brees, dr james andrews and another doctor checked out Brees, and he passed the physical but other people in the organization kind of went above and said like and said no and that's what led him he said i like to control my destiny and be the one in charge and when that happened I kind of said this isn't the place for me to yeah. do that. Makes sense, and it made sense as the, hearing him say expand on it more. I was like, I I always thought he was BS. I really did. I thought it could have been maybe a part of it, but I thought he liked college better. He just yeah. fit college football better. But I don't, I heard that honestly earlier today, and I don't know. What do you think about that? Like, yeah, it makes a lot of sense. You know what I mean? Especially like the way. You know, he leaves Miami, and, I mean, I, I you can only think of, like, a few reasons why a coach would just, you know, up and leave like that and go back to college, right? Like, you had mentioned it earlier. There's only 32 NFL jobs. You know, why would you want to go back to college? And, you know, I mean, he goes to Alabama, and, you know, we all – it's history after that, you know. But as a coach, like I, you know, if you got a guy and you know this is the guy you believe in, and then all of a sudden upper management goes, nah, that's we're going in another direction. Like, why would you? I wouldn't want to coach there either, you know. So 
It makes I, I didn't know that. Obviously, that that makes a lot of sense though. Yeah, I on a, on, on a lot of angles. <laughs> yeah, I honestly I heard it earlier today before we recorded, because um, that that was some of the one of the things that always fascinated me with this and like once we talked about doing this episode was if if Breeze goes to Miami and Nick Saban is there, we know this this dynasty that we're seeing with the Crimson Tide. It's not there. Only to me, only one coach could have done this. I, you can't even you name other great coaches. No one else could do the dynasty that Nick Saban has done, in my opinion. Yeah. Over the past, you know, what fifteen years, or a little under fifteen years at Alabama. So to me, it's like, what is college football like? If Nick Saban, if Drew Brees and Nick Saban are together, and I guess uh, for two things, this one, what do you think would have happened? Like, do you think, like, the Breeze-Saban combo would have worked in the NFL? Well, and, I mean, possibly. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, because, again, it's not, see, I, I was I was trying to think, like, all right, you know, if, because like, I, I was all over this Breeze-Miami thing, right? Like, I was, I, I had all these ideas spinning in my, my head, and, um, because I was thinking, man, if it did work, Right, like let's just say. I mean, because I again, I think it would have, because I don't. Now again, I'm not going. I'm not saying that he would have put up the same numbers he did in New Orleans, because he wouldn't have. Mm-hmm. He, but it, because it worked somewhat in San Diego, right? So it's not like he he was a scrub in San Diego, and he was like riding the bench and didn't play, and then all of a sudden he has this amazing career in New Orleans. Like I, it, it, that wasn't the case. He's, you know, he's played well at the beginning, struggled, came back, played well again, got hurt. You know, so would he have had a good career? I think so. I think he would have had a good career anywhere, you mm-hmm. know. But you know, Nick Saban is a great coach, and that he's he's obviously shown that. You know what I mean? And you know, he had Miami playing well. You know, so you know they won the division. You know what I mean? And and, and New England won that division like ninety years in a row. You know, so then I started thinking like, man, like just think about think about the rivalry that could have been like. The Patriots and the Dolphins, yeah. you know, for all those years. Saban, Belichick, Brady, Breeze, like, phew, man, that would have been fun to watch. It, it's the one thing, and obviously I don't take away from the Patriots' run. It's not necessarily a knock, but it's the one thing that I always wondered, like, look at other teams who have won in the past in the NFL. Not all the time, but, like, like those great, like, they had some competition in, in the, the division, where the the Patriots to me minus like you said like '08, you know when when the Miami won with Chad Pennington, and, and Brady was out that year anyway. Yeah. Um, the you knew the Patriots were going to win. They were guaranteed a home playoff game. They they were going to win the AFC East because the AFC East has just been so putrid. No one's really going to compete with them. They you know they had the Rex. You had like really. Three, two years, honestly. I don't, I don't, because Brady being hurt, I don't want to count that. You have like the two years that Rex, the first two years Rex and the, the Jets, other the Jets, than that, yeah. you don't really have it. So to me, that would have been interesting because even without Breeze, we saw in that Belichick and Saban documentary, they, they, they are so similar. Mm-hmm. They always would split. And Belichick kind of said he knew that would be a tough game because how Nick would have Miami prepared. You give him a Drew Breeze. There's no telling what that that would have been a great divisional battle for a lot of years, for yeah, twenty years I, we would have seen. <laughs> yeah, and I and I do, and you're right. Like New England, 
what they did in this free agent era, like it's 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 never gonna happen again, you know. But I I do knock them for that because I did feel like it was a cakewalk to the playoffs every yeah. year, you know. Because if you think like if you sit down and really think like, you know, this Bills team now, you know, with McDermott and and, and all these guys now they're now they're good. Like you know what I mean? Like these Bills after such a long time. Like are good. The Jets, other than those two first like Rex Ryan years and, and Sanchez years, like have been terrible for a long time. You know the Dolphins mm-hmm. after Marino and, and all that have been not so good for a long time. You know they had that Jimmy Johnson run and then you that was it. Like so it's it, it was pretty easy for them. I, I would say you know for 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 the Patriots for a long time there. This would have been a lot of fun to watch. Like these two teams get it on every every year, twice a year. Yeah, because you look at it, and we've done episodes on like you know in the past with the '90s Cowboys. Even we did our Super Bowl twenty five episode on on those Bills of the '90s. The Bills had to go against the the Dolphins. They you know the Bills did win a lot of those games, but they were tough games. You weren't like yeah. oh it's a cakewalk. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, yeah. Oh yeah, those Dolphins teams were good. Like, yeah. And they that those two games were those two games every year were. Really good games. And the flip to the Cowboys, I mean, when Dallas, even once they were winning with Jimmy and then, you know, eventually Barry came in at the end, when they had to, like, go to at Philly, at veteran, that's a tough game. Mm-hmm. Uh, we know 93, Emmitt's great at his shining moment. That's when the division, Week 17, at Giant Stadium. You know, the Patriots did not have that division-wise. They had it with, like, going against the Colts and Peyton Manning, but... There was it would have been totally different to be like you know what at whether it was the Meadowlands or now MetLife going against the Jets is a big game at yeah. Buffalo like they they never so that is and I I can give you that yeah knock is because it's a totally different when you know like hey our division we know we're getting at least one home playoff game and our division's so bad it's putting us in a good chance to get two yeah yeah I mean and look. Like, you can only play what's in front of you. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, so, you know, they it's not their fault that these organizations were, were run terribly for a long time. So, but again, like, if, if Breeze would have, you know, signed with Miami or apparently they would have, you know, signed them and kept them, you know what I mean? Like, this, this would have been a lot of fun to watch. And then, you know, because you think about it, like, the type of offenses you can run in places like Miami – you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like you can spread them out still in in December, November, December. Now the only problem comes, it's like you know you're going to Buffalo when it's thirty miles an hour winds and like fifteen degrees. You know, are you doing all this stuff? You know, with a not the strongest arm. I don't want to call his arm suspect, but not the strongest arm in in, in the league. Or you know, you're going to New England. Or you're going to MetLife, like you were just talking about. Like all these cold weather cities now. You're not you're not in New Orleans playing in the Superdome or going to Atlanta and playing in the, you know the dome or you know going to Carolina where it's nicer weather or going to Tampa where it's nicer weather like you're not playing all these teams so I think even that would have that would have hurt Breeze a little more but I still think he would have had a nice career with the Dolphins. You think so? Cause I think we we see how I think Nick's gonna. He's going to have him running the ball. Like they're going to Breeze's stats. I think you said earlier. He's not having these number, these yeah. all-time records with Nick Saban as his coach. But then I do think, and we'll get into this. I think that kind of hurt him. I think Sean Payton. They were too pass happy at times. Mm-hmm. And I think oh, yeah. with Saban, 
they're running the, they they're going to have a more balanced offense. Like they're going to run the ball. Like I don't. So I do oh, think absolutely. Yeah, you know, I think I he'll be better. I think Breeze. And imagine this though, Jose, because let's be real. Like you look in the two thousands. The NFC is weak. It's like McNabb, yeah. and then you had like later on like Breeze, and then like you know that guy in Eli. You know, uh, <laughs> well, he, that's another weak division that the Eagles walked through year. They and did. Out, they like, really did. Know, so. They really did. But I will say this: like Eli wasn't. It wasn't him in that conference. But Breeze, like later on, Breeze was kind of like that thing to kind of give the NFC hope. Imagine right. if the AFC in the two thousands, if you have Breeze in Miami. And you got Peyton with Indy, Brady in New England, Breeze in Miami. Then you have Big Ben, yeah, over there. And then Philip rising up, trying to rise up in San Diego. That's a crazy yeah. conference. Yeah, it is. Those are it would have made for some some great playoff matchups, and they already had them. But again, you you throw in that Drew Brees' career, man, it would have been some real fun. Imagine like the Dolphins going into. You know Heinz Field or something like that, playing Big Ben and those defenses. Oh my God, man, that that would have been so much fun to watch. So good. That, that it's just a lot of like so many things, and I think that's what it's fun about. Like it's interesting about life, but I think sports. It's not us. It's not our life. So it's like it's yeah. not fantasy, but it's like you know. But you can do these what ifs at times, and it is just like man, like so. I think he's kind of like he's at. I'm, maybe that's what I'm looking at with Drew Brees. He's like this Kevin Bacon kind of effect, like <laughs> six degrees of Drew Brees. Like he could just change so many things. Like if you know one decision here, or there. Look at careers. You know, Cole Pepper and the Dolphins franchise, and then Alabama, Alabama, you know, in college now, yeah, the SEC, like <laughs> yeah. everything. Urban Meyer probably still at Florida. You know, he ain't got to worry about Nick Saban. All these different things are 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 just different man like if just like these little decisions here and there by some people where's philip rivers at you know where's marty schottenheimer's legacy it's just this the chargers are still in san diego they still have a franchise probably like it's just like man so much can come from like just these one little things that we have no idea what it's going to lead like the, the the ripple effect it's fun. It's a lot of fun. The what ifs, right? Like we we always talk about, like you know, the biggest what ifs. Like we talk about, you know, we did episodes. You know, check the archives. Like we check did episodes on on the Cowboys, the '90s Cowboys, the big what ifs. You know, we constantly talk about the Kobe and Shaq, you know, years. You know, we talked about the last dance with those Jordan years. If he doesn't, you know, go play baseball, like all these what ifs, man. But these are those like little what ifs that have such an impact. You know what I mean? Like, Drew Brees is a big deal, right, in NFL history. Like, he's a big, big deal. But before it became a big deal, all these little changes, what it came about, and the history, man, the history of the – I mean, this dude set records. The history of the NFL would have been altered with just one decision, you know, for so many franchises. It's it's so much fun to do that. No, absolutely. And, and, and you know, we always keep it real on this show. And I'm glad we – you know, we're starting off with the fun stuff because – yeah. You, you know, um, and it's so weird because I, you know, you remember we all we 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 lived we saw it. We didn't live through it personally, but you know, a you know Katrina, the effects of Katrina that wow, be you know this summer sixteen years ago. A New Orleans is still feeling that people don't want to talk about it, but there's still the effects of Katrina sixteen years later in places that haven't been rebuilt families that never returned 
neighborhoods that were damaged and haven't been rebuilt. They're done forever. Schools are done. Like, we kind of forget. And, like, that's one of those, like, where were you? And, like, you'll never forget kind of moments of, and to me, Jose, and, you know, you hate to want to be in this category, but it's in that Columbine, mm-hmm. 9-11, like, you remember, you'll never forget seeing the images and the destruction of what you saw with Hurricane Katrina. Yeah, and again, yeah, you mentioned it. Like, it was the fun stuff at the beginning, definitely, in, this, in Drew Brees' career. But now it's like, it, we got to get deep, right? Like, we got we to gotta look at the other side of it, too. Um, and and it's, it's funny, you mentioned it the way you just did, and thank you for doing that there, me. But it's like, even doing research on, on this episode, it was like, boom like i'm watching documentaries on katrina again and it was like wow like it was it was terrible you know what i mean like it was so Mm -hmm. so bad and and i and that's why like like i almost feel like i need to apologize right like to like the saints and like you know in that organization because i did not like i knew i mean i know nfl franchises are huge and every city you know Mm -hmm. but it's like man like the more i dug in and i was like man i'm just going to keep going and keep going and i just kept digging and digging and looking at this it's like you know we'll get into like that monday night game in 06 and all that but oh yeah you know how how sports and this is what people don't get who don't watch sports and they always ask me why do you watch sports so much like because this is why like stuff like this it's just like the impact that sports can have on on people man like I, I was watching interviews and stuff and and you know it was like um it was somebody that was working it was like a guy working for um like you know they bring the national guard right mm-hmm. and he was like man i'm just like you know we're watching people you know and it matter of fact it was deuce McAllister. he was like we were watching people come off the choppers and they were asking us if we won the game on sunday like you know it's just that little escape that you can get that just you kind of forget about all your surrounding and what's going on and you know looking back and, and remembering like Katrina and and that devastation and you're right there's some neighborhoods who still don't have clean water you know like in, in New Orleans and 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 if we're again you talk about keeping it real if we want to keep it real like it's always just like the ghettos and the hoods mm-hmm. like you know where all the minorities are and it's and it's it is like that because I, I was watching a documentary on on Netflix I can't is the, the I think it was the the pharmacist. Uh, and it, that's based right outside of like the ninth ward of New yeah. Orleans, and um, and I'm not going. It's a long story short. Like he was, they were talking about that, like how some of the neighborhoods in, you know, in like the ninth ward, places like that, still, you know, they can't drink out of the faucet. Like you know what I mean? Like it's like the water is like still not the way it should be for us. It's still not clean and it's still not drinkable. So, whew, man, like this you're right this was a historic event like not just sports but just the history like united states and world history world history i think in life like i really yeah. do like um and and not to we you know we, we it all connects so i don't even want to apologize for it but like what this effect to me this a i i really do think this was the start of in my opinion of why we have barack obama as president mm-hmm because to me, once this hit, that was like a downfall for George W. Bush, a downfall yep. for so many things, and other things then led to it. But it, you know, Bush had gotten reelected, and then when, 
you know, that was 04, then, you know, January 05, he's sworn in, and then you have this catastrophe, downfall for so many things, like, it affects me, political history, I, I don't know, like, if Obama, like, this kind of started that thing of, like, maybe, you know, and same, even, you know, for Hillary running, like, before that, I never, people would say, I was like, they're never going to be a black president, never going to have a female president, I'm like, that's not that, it's not well-deserved, and we should have, yeah. we shouldn't. We were trained that way. Yeah. Exactly. Like, we're just not going to have it. Like, it's just not. And then when how bad this was in the reaction, this started that ripple effect to me of like, yeah, maybe people are, it's bad enough where people are like, hell, we'll, we'll certain people, you know, will like, I'll change my opinion on that. Mm -hmm. So that's, that affects that. And you also have to look at it like, and I'll say it, Jose, like, Kanye got ripped back then for saying what he said about the president. But yeah. then years later, you see people were talking, and even like a lot of the celebrities who came in and were helping around that time were like, no, he has to say it. Look what's going on. And you, you had said it. like, And I've seen so many documentaries that to this day, and don't get me wrong, New Orleans has had rebirth in certain ways, but it's the, that, that process is far from over for that city. And we're 16 years into it. So that is what Drew Brees, Sean Payton, the Saints players who are already there are coming yeah. back to when all this stuff like is going down. You know, the, the 05 Saints, their home games were in San Diego and Baton Rouge. Um, I remember that Monday night game in 05 when they're playing. The Giants were supposed to have been going to New Orleans, but then New Orleans goes to the Meadowlands but it's yeah. a home game form, and I thought, how dumb is that? Like, it's, it, no, they're on the road. Like, you know, with, and San Antonio and Baton Rouge were road games too. But I'm like, why are we, why are we having them go there? Like, it, it just was a disaster. And many people thought they weren't going to have a franchise. Yeah, yeah, that a lot of people were saying, and even folks in San Antonio were saying, like, they were they were trying to keep the Saints at that mm -hmm. point. You know, if. And even Paul Tagliabue said it, like, you know, you guys got to get the Superdome ready because if, you know, you're on the road, you're playing in San Antonio again, you may not get this team back, you know, and and they had to do some work, you know what I mean? Like, if you haven't, I got to get the name, the, 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 the timeline. timeline. Yeah, oh I watched that. NFL Network, yeah. Yeah, yeah like, the, the it's on YouTube. For... It's on YouTube. If you haven't seen it, it's like, do yourself a favor. It's only 45 minutes. Uh, it's called the Rebirth in New Orleans, and I I literally cried like seven times while watching this thing, man. Yeah, and, you know they were, you know they were showing clips of of like the Superdome and how it was when the folks were there, and they were talking about it was supposed to be fifteen hundred people to turn into thirty five thousand people, and just imagine that, man, like no power. You know they were talking about the stuff. I mean it's all documented, like all the stuff that was going on in there. You know women being raped in the bathroom, like. You know, they were interviewing this one guy who was like a survivor from there. He said the dude jumped off second tier. Like, it was an ugly, ugly, ugly situation in there. And, you know, when they were talking about they were talking about the director, whoever runs the Superdome, and how they were going to get that fixed. And they had like 35 different contractors, pretty much. And he said it, he was like, they were building two homes a day, pretty much. Like, that's the work they were doing. And I that shit just blew my mind because you just think about that. I I can't and you know, and Jose's right. For anyone, go on YouTube and it he's it's emotional. Um, I mm -hmm. I I watched it. You know, 
even like the other day at on my lunch break and I'm having to like choke back and I've had watched it many times before and it still gets me like it's not my first time seeing it I saw it when it premiered so like I I will say that but it's it's good to watch it's good to remember because I feel like we've had so much people forget how disastrous and how tough Hurricane Katrina was and we yeah. should never forget that but I can't imagine Jose and I want all our listeners whatever no matter where you're I know, you know, with Corona, we haven't been able to go to live games. We're starting to change now. But for us, we're in Philly. So imagine whether, like, you know, we we both have gone to the Vet, the Eagles old stadium Mm -hmm. in Philly's, and now we've gone to, like, you know, Lincoln Financial Field is the Eagles stadium. So I can't imagine a place where I watch, you know, my favorite team, whatever sport, I watch, have so many memories there, and then to have to go there, to live there, to evacuate to that, and then seeing you know, from just nasty feces to, like you said, people assault and rape and then someone taking their own life from the, like, I I don't know how I could ever come back and that person, we'll get to it later, did come back to that arena. The PTSD would be too strong for me to, like, even though, like, okay, it's it, they cleaned it up and now that, we, hey, teams are playing, I give them credit for being able to come back. Like, you know, yeah. uh, I, I, I don't know if I could have done that. Yeah, I mean, and and that person you were talking about, like, does a, and I, all the props to him. Like, I, I give him all the props because he did a great job, kind of like explaining, and like detailing why he did it. You know what I mean? And I, I, all the kudos, man. Like, cause he he did a great job, and it, and then it made sense to me. You know what I mean? Like, cause I was on the same wavelength, like you were just talking about. Like, why would I want to go back there? Like all those memories, all of that. But then he talked about it. he wanted to build like more positive memories that's why he wanted to go back and you know i guess you know i guess you can do that but for some people i don't know if some people are have that ability to to, to just kind of like forget and push those other memories away and to try to build new ones like i, I don't know like again it would have been extremely extremely tough for me and and not only would have been tough i don't know if i would have been able to do it in 06 you know what I mean? Like exactly. It might, have taken, it might have taken me six or seven years. Right. Go Good point. There, you know? Yeah. So, it, again, that's why I give that dude all his respect, man, because he definitely deserves it. And a lot of people, again, it was 35,000 people in there. So, you know, it, it was it was tough, man. Again, that documentary does a great job on detail and all of it. It walks you through the Superdome when they were just about to start renovating, like renovating it again. And, it was tough. It was tough to watch. And, you know, and obviously you can watch so many documentaries mm-hmm. to oh, give yeah. you. We're shortening it up for you. Try to do the best we can. But, you know, from Spike Lee's when when the levees broke, like that, that's one of the best things I think Spike Lee ever did. And that's a great career. That gives you so much detail about it and just how disastrous it was. And we're saying all this because this is what Drew Brees is signing up for. And, and yeah. Sean Payton, too. But. This is what Drew Part Brees. Part of the legacy for sure. Yeah. Part of the legacy, you know. Yeah, but this is what Drew Brees is is signing up, and and I want to say this, you know, what Drew Brees said um, in his book, you know, they talked about he, he when he was looking at New Orleans, thinking of his like decision, he took the wrong ex- exit off the I ten, and he got to that led him, you know, making a wrong taking the wrong exit led him to see the damage of Katrina firsthand. And he looked at it and said, New Orleans needed someone to take a chance on them. 
and he said that he needed someone to take a chance on him too. And he said, I was, quote, I was trying to rebuild my shoulder and my career. The organization was rebuilding its reputation and reestablishing itself. And the city was restoring not only the homes, but also the lives of its people. Why not do this together and lean on each other in the process? Like, that takes a special kind of person in any yeah. field, you know, whatever. But we, we talk about it, you know, and people listening. You work and you want to go to a good company. You want to go to a good organization. It takes someone, it takes guts to be like, yeah, this place is at its lowest. It can't get any lower. Whether, And this is a whole city. People don't want to do this for cities either. <laughs> Moving there, just being a resident. I don't want to move here. What? Be part of the community and rebuild it? I can't. It's, it's too bad here. It's too much here. I don't want to be here. So, like, and I'm not knocking necessarily people with that mindset because it, it, it's a lot to take on. But I think it's it really is something for people who are like that to say it's tough, but I'm going to take a chance on this place. And hopefully they take a chance on me, too. And then you add on top of that, because that's a great point. You add on top of that. It's not like this is an organization with good history. Right. You know, like it's not like we mentioned earlier with Reggie White going to Green Bay. It's not like they had that that foundation of winning and Super Bowls from the past. And now you want to bring this back. No, it has none of that. <laughs> you know, it, this fan base and these 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 teams are known as the Aints. You know, all those bloopers in the 90s, they were mostly filled with Saints highlights. You know, they had this, you know, the fans covered with paper bags over their heads. Like, that's what I remember about the Saints, you know, mm -hmm. when I was growing up. Um, you know, you looked at the schedule, that was the easy win, no matter wherever you were playing at. You know, it was. it's not like he was walking into some great organization. So for him to have that mindset and to have the guts, man, to, to come in and say, you know what, like, I'm going to try to turn this around. Again, you talked about it. It takes a special dude. And that's what I was saying, like, the more I dug into this, the more I remember, like, man, like, I, I was a, a Breeze fan for for a while there, you know what I mean? Because of what he did, man, you know what I mean? Especially here. And that's why I felt as though I needed to, to like, apologize. I don't know why, but, man, like, the, the impact that this team had on that city and especially in 06, man, when, again, when they come back, it, it's it, it's amazing, you know what I'm saying? And, and, and I really... Like you can see that, and you can watch the games on TV, and it's like, but I, I I didn't really feel that. You know what I mean? Like to be a hundred percent honest with you, like, you know, I remember watching that 06 Monday night game against the Falcons, uh, you know, with the Steve Gleason block punt. I remember watching that, and I was like, man, this place is rocking, but it didn't really like hit me, hit me, like man, like these people, they needed this. You know what I mean? Like, and it was reported, documented, and everybody was talking about it. How this, you know, the fans and. You know, everybody coming back to the Superdome. But, like, digging and doing this episode, it really brought that to life for me again. You know what I mean? Because I kind of forgot, man, how important that this team, this Saints team, and this decision by Drew Brees. And also, again, you talked about Sean Payton coming to New Orleans together and and they just just doing an amazing job with this organization. The um, I was thinking about this today earlier, Jose. And I, and I didn't check every sport only i could think about that was close maybe i don't know see I, it's hard to rank them because who wants to rank tragedy you know but like yeah. the only thing i can compare it to and i still don't know or think it's on this level is i know that you know um in 63 when jfk was assassinated it was in dallas and a lot of people say that 
with Tom Landry and the Cowboys started winning, that brought a lot of, a lot of more, you know, hope and pride back to Dallas, which was a city that was had a lot of shame for that's the place that, you know, JFK was assassinated. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think of the Cowboys in the 60s when they started winning, and then I think of what Bill Walsh and Eddie DeBartolo and, and the Niners did, in, especially in 81 when they won, because three years earlier you have Harvey Milk, the you know first openly yeah. gay politician, and their mayor, George Moscone, get assassinated. Mm-hmm. And the black cloud that left on that city and how many people say how huge it was for to give hope back to that city that with the Niners winning in that kind of miracle season three years later. And also you got to remember, this is the little bit of, of true crime fan in me, you know, Jim Jones and the whole Jonestown thing happened like 10 days earlier than when. George Moscone and Harvey Milk got assassinated and a lot of their roots were based in San Francisco. So that was like a double whammy for that city of like that mass, you know, suicide thing from Jonestown and then what happened with, you know, Harvey Milk and all. So those are the only two things for me that I could think were close, but I, and I wasn't alive for those two examples, but I don't know if anything is like what Drew Brees and those saints did in 2006 yeah and uh, yeah i agree i i don't i i can't think of anything else you know um because not only and again it's <laughs> not only the organization right but it's not like he came to a team where they just needed a quarterback to get no, him over the no. hump. you know what i mean like it, it they were three and 13 jim hasler was the coach there it was a shit show i mean and mind you they were it was a terrible season to play. Like I, I totally, I don't even know how they won three games. You know, I don't but, either. You know, but it, like it was a, it was a team that needed a lot. You know what I mean? Like you had Dubs McAllister, they had Joe Horn, they had a couple good players on defense. Like it was, it, it was a tough spot to come into. And I, I, I give Breeze all the credit in the world for seeing that, and you know, and, and him and you know Peyton coming together, Sean Peyton coming together, and and not only changing things for that season, for that city, but changing this organization and how this organization is looked at from from even today, you know? Uh, for me, I I think it's the greatest single-season turnaround because of all that mm-hmm. in NFL history, in my opinion. Yeah, like for, for sure. Maybe in sports history, you know? Yeah. Like there, there's You can put this up there with anything, you know? Um, because a lot of people, I remember I saw NFL that, like, yeah, the 99 Rams, and that was a great yeah. turnaround. Yes, it was. You know, I mentioned 81 Niners. You have uh, Peyton Sack, that the 99 Colts, 3-13 and 13 to 13-3, and 3, phenomenal. But they didn't have to go through what these guys did. Nah. And I know that they, they, they you know, won. They got to the championship game and, and lost. But I think this, yeah, it, it, you, you can make a point like sports. But definitely for NFL, this is the most impressive single-season turnaround to me. Yeah. I mean, and then you talked about it, like the situation. You add all of that into it, too. And But what's more, I don't want to say more impressive, because that's, that's definitely not what I'm trying to say. But what what is even better, you know, like, is how this organization continued to just get better and better and better to the point where New Orleans was a place where guys wanted to go play now. You know, because it's 
if you have a good team in New Orleans, which they've had for 15 years at this point for the most part, like, why wouldn't you want to go play in New Orleans, right? Like, you got great fan base. New Orleans is a great place. I've never been there, but it's a great place to be. That's all they talk about is New Orleans, like, you know, the nightlife, all that stuff. You know, now and now at this point, you have a good organization. You know, you talked, you mentioned Mickey Loomis earlier in the show. You know, you have a Drew Brees, you have Sean Payton, like you have stability at this point now. Now is now this organization just picked up and they they they're they're rolling at this point. You know, so it, it's it, it's 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 pretty cool what happened with New Orleans, I, and they deserve it to be honest. Yeah, and and don't think. Um... We got to talk about that just for 06, but. Oh, yeah. Because it, it, it did. It brought back. I, I, there's not been a game. There's not been a sporting event for me. I've ever been more emotional watching than when I watched week three when the Falcons came into the Super. And they reopened the Superdome that night. Like, yeah. that probably, I, I have to say, it was the most emotional I've ever been. And that was uh, usually, you know, the pre stuff. Like, I kind of get tired of that. I'm, I'm someone yeah. like very rare. Like, you know, give me like college game days, cool. But once it's game time, I'm like, let's get to the game. Like, I, you know, I don't. That was maybe the one of the few times I was probably more excited to see everything beforehand than I was to watch the game. For me, because I, I didn't know how the game would turn out. I really didn't. Because we were seeing, we weren't sure about the Saints and the Falcons. You know, good team. We still had Vic there coming into yeah. town, but I knew that place, the emotion that place would have of being able to reopen the Superdome, and it didn't disappoint. Oh no, that's the loudest I've ever heard in an arena in my lifetime. Like watching it on TV, like I, I've never heard a place get any louder, especially when Steve Gleason blocked that punt. Man, that place erupted like. And, like, I, I've heard some pretty loud, you know, watching, like, you know, a bunch of, like, especially, like, hockey. I, I don't know why I would go back to hockey, but, you know, I, I can remember some of them games in Philly where the crowd was just going nuts and or in Montreal where they're, like, crazy passionate about, you know, uh, hockey, obviously. And, you know, a lot of other places, you know, I can remember, you know, in Portland, you know, when Drexler and all of them, that was a really loud arena. Um, it's just, it's a lot of places we can go, you know, name, you know. The 12th sport. man in Seattle. Yeah, 12th man's another one, you know, but this game, and especially in New Orleans, we all know it's a dome and it's just even louder, but this, that place erupted, man, and, and it was so much emotion. It, just based off of that one play, uh, man, it, it was, it was, I would never forget that. I would never forget watching that game. I, d and, you know, um. I'm glad that punt that is that's the biggest play in Saints history. Yep. And it's big I know we can Tracy Porter's interceptions <laughs> um are are great that the onside recovery is great and all that stuff. But uh that's the biggest play in Saints history and probably always will be for so many reasons and and especially then we know what Steve Gleason still is battling health wise. Mm -hmm. Like it's just it's unbelievable. And I'll tell people this. We talked about the timeline, which you guys should watch if you have it. But I never forget watching this live. And I hadn't watched it in years. But for this episode, it brought it back to me. But when you watch Green Day and U2 perform before the game and they're doing like the Saints are coming and then they do a beautiful day, 
it's hard not to be emotional for that. And like, it gets yeah. you going. Like, the and I remember watching that live. And I don't like I said, I've never was that person to be in the pregame, but I had to. You just if you couldn't be there physically, you had to be as close as you could because, and Jose said it perfectly. Like, don't get me wrong, people can be fanatical about sports and take it too far, but there's also a beauty to it too. And in, in in moments like that, it's to me I want to show people who are like, oh, sports are this. They want to knock it. Hey, you have a right to, but when you watch these things, it'll shut you up and you'll get the power of sports and the power of community that can come from sports. Uh, that's, that's, yeah, that's perfectly said. You know, I, I always try to convince people, you know, who are not big sports fans, why I'm such a big sports fan. And it's like games like that. Like I've, I've seen people say that that's the most important game in Saints history, uh, even before the Super Bowl. Like, mm-hmm. you know, like they would pick that game for over sure. The Super Bowl, you know, and I totally get it. You know what I mean? Like, and that's over their only championship. And for this organization, that championship is huge, you know? So it's, it's, it was an amazing time. It was an amazing moment. And it was just like the start. And it talks about the rebirth. And it was exact, that's, that's a perfect way to put it. Like it, you know, the statue outside of Steve Gleason blocking the punt is is named the rebirth. And it's, it just transformed this franchise. It, it, I don't even think it's a rebirth. It, it's just a birth, you know, of the New Orleans Saints and the new New Orleans Saints and into a winning organization, um, a consistent organization, you know, with, with a lot of great players, um, a fun team to watch. And it, it's just, it, I w- that's a game I would never forget for sure. It, it's the highlight to me and, you know, I can be honest, one of the only times I was ever torn watching an Eagle playoff game was that divisional because yeah. that that's at that point that's America's sweethearts, you know, and, and they beat us and that was one of the times I, I wasn't upset, like, because you just felt so much for that city. And um and I'll say this really quick, and I know we're we're you know, but there's a lot of emotion hey, if you listen to us, that's what we do here anyway. That's what it's. That's part of the big exactly. reason why it's about. There's a lot of emotion with it. I didn't. I'll never fully know, right? What? No, we won't unless you were in New Orleans and, and directly yeah. affected. We won't. When Hurricane Sandy hit, you know, mm-hmm. like the Northeast, like Jersey, like that was 2012, I believe. And I remember I didn't have power for about four and a half, five days, and a lot of like the places around us didn't have power. And like just seeing like the lights out, the everything out, and it just affected. And that gave me a better instinct, a better understanding of imagine forever like this, you know, years, yeah. everything gone. And it, it was hard for four and a half days. Some people went a little longer, you know, a week or whatever. But and some, you know, Sandy had its effects on people too. Don't get me wrong, but mm-hmm. it made me have much more appreciation for. I can't imagine, like, if this was tough for people, what it was like to go through that with Hurricane Katrina. So it's it's something that, to me, um, it's good to never forget that because we take a lot of things for granted. And even with this pandemic, it's it's these things, like, we, we you don't want to live in it all the time, relive the trauma, but you don't want to forget it either because it, you want to appreciate the things you have. Absolutely, it can always be worse, right? Yeah. Like that old adage, and and that's exactly right, because, you know, I was, I was again, I, I just 
went in the rabbit hole. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. you know how that, it's really easy to do that. And it went from researching Drew Brees to researching Hurricane Katrina. And it was just like, wow. Like, you know, I, I can remember speaking to my mom, um, you know, when Hurricane Maria hit Puerto Rico and the devastation that happened with that. And it, it, it just kind of reminds me every time something every time a natural disaster like that happens it always goes back to boom hurricane katrina like hurricane katrina mm-hmm. like that's the first thing i think about and you know and for the people in new orleans to survive that and and again like you you had talked about earlier how like you know like how it changed politics and all that you know cuz it was not only the catastrophe that it was right but it was also like the way it was handled afterwards and yeah, that, that could be another show yeah, that can be another show. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But it's 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 we gotta talk about that, right? And it that was even that was so bad. You know what I mean? And you know, for this fan base to come back, support a team, you know, after all of that, and it it, it had to be. And again, we talked about sports, how that escape is. And those three and a half hours, you know, it, it had to be just good being there and. Kind of getting back, and we're we're experiencing that now. Not as bad as they did, mm-hmm. you know, but getting back to normal a little bit, right? Mm-hmm. Like being able to go places here and there. Like that's nowhere. I'm not definitely not comparing what we're going through now to that, but to Katrina. But you know, just in just in like the same thought process. Like, all right, this is little normalcy back. We're getting back to normal, and I, I can't imagine how how much that how good that had a feel to those fans, and and that that. Again, we're going. I'm going to talk about the documentary again, uh, but they were talking about that. They did a good job outlining that, like how the fans were talking about. It. Like it was just good being here and cheering for the Saints. Um, so again, I always go back to that's why for me, sports for a lot of us, sports is, is that important. You know, I, I love sports. Man. No, and we look at Breeze, and he's runner up for the MB, MVP behind you know his former teammate LT. Who knows what would happen if, he, if they'll put them two together in San Diego for that year. I'm just saying. I'm just saying, Jose. I don't know. But Breeze, 4,400 passing yards, 26 touchdown passes, 11 INTs, a 96.2 passer rating. Pro bowler, all pro, what is that, runner-up for the MVP. And it kind of lets you know, like, you, you have an idea, at least for me, that this – Okay, this is a Drew Brees, and like him and Sean Payton together. Remember, that's the year Marquise Colston breaks out, and you see yeah. this is that kind of like it, it kind of felt like it's not as great. I'm not going to call them the greatest show on turf, and they're not that, but it kind of felt like that on like steroids a little bit, a little bit mm-hmm. in a way. Like it was like, oh, they're really just doing some funky things here in Sean Payton, and this was a different kind of offense in a way. Um, and you kind of saw like the, this had potential. Which it wound up being true that that Breeze Peyton QB coach combo could be something special, and we get the, a glimpse of that in those six. So, all right, so that's the perfect segue to my next question, like, Jeremy. So, because I was thinking about this too, um, coach, you know, quarterback combination, you know, Breeze and Peyton. I I think it was just like a perfect, perfect marriage. You mm-hmm. know, um, is there any other that's better? Yeah, to me, the ultimate will be hard to top Walsh, Montana. Yeah? Yeah. I mean, I they were great, don't get me wrong. I just, yeah, you can't top that. That's, that's, that's hard to top. Even um, Brady Belichick is not the, it, it, eh. 
Because Belichick's a defensive guy. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because yeah. then you yeah. could say, like, Dungy Man. I'll never say Dungy Manning because. Exactly. So, like, Brady Belichick's not it for me. But, I mean, it's it's up there. To me, the number one. Montana, I just, they just go hand in hand to me. Like, it was just, like, the perfect fit for each other. Like, um, the Favre Holmgren one is kind of fun for me. I, I think that's a great one. That was one. another one I thought about, too. Yeah, I definitely thought about that one. Because um, I was even thinking Shula, Marino, but then I was like, you know, it's kind of the same thing with, like, the Belichick and, and Brady type of deal. Um, so, but there's, there's, a, there's some good ones out there. I just... And, and the Walsh Montana, that's like an all-time great. There, there's nothing you can do with that. But this this QB and coach combination, man, this is like it, this is like a perfect combination if there was ever one. Yeah, because you know? because it's not like not to jump in like that, but it's it's not like like I, I never felt like Drew Brees was a scrub. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like even in in college, and I know you watched him. I watched him in the Big Ten. Like mm-hmm. when he was in Purdue, he was putting up numbers. You know the numbers were always there, but the you know, we talked about it earlier, like with the combine and all that. And you know, what always worries me—I'll say that—is guys who come out of systems like that. You know, like pass happy, wide open systems. Right. You know, are, is that going to, you know, translate to the NFL? Like I, that always worries me. You know, but you know, he goes to San Diego. He has a couple good seasons, but you know, it's nothing like when he comes with, you know, teams up with Sean Payton and and explodes. But again, I always. I, I, I knew this can be the case. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. I, I just, I never thought he was a scrub like that. But he, these two dudes, man, they were putting up Madden numbers. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. it, it was not even fair, you know? So, it, it's such a great combination. I'm glad you kind of highlighted that because that's, to me, that's that's so important with these, with both their careers. For sure. I think they're they're just locked together. And I, you know, we, we can go back to like a Paul Brown, Otto Graham, yeah. And like Lombardi and Star, and, and maybe you might want to say Landry and, and Stallback, mm-hmm. but uh, um, Breeze and, and uh, on my Mount Rushmore of that, I'm going to put Breeze and Sean Payton. Um, For sure. Like, on now, it. Who, who do you think was more important to the other one? Because I think, because I, I always like Sean Payton as a coach. I remember For he sure. was coaching in, 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 in with the Giants. Yep. And, you know, and he. The Eagles could not beat the Giants. No, you know? we couldn't. And, and Jim Johnson, he gave Jim Johnson all types of trouble. And and that was the reason the Eagles couldn't beat him, because he had Jim Johnson figured out. And if you don't know, Jim Johnson was a defensive coordinator here for the Eagles, you know, under Andy Reid. Great defensive coordinator. But, man, that, that early – everybody always goes to Runyon and Strahan. No, it was Sean Payton had the Eagles figured out. And I, I just remember him back then, then when he was with Dallas – so I, I just always think I think Sean Payton is the architect because if you look now what is he doing now with New Orleans they're still a really good team mm-hmm. you know and it's due to his offense and 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 also I, I'll I'll end with this so you can jump in but it's also what I respect even more is that the cast changes yes yeah constantly like every quarter almost like every couple years it's a different cast it's Deuce McAllister then Reggie Bush then Colston, and you know you got those guys, and Joe Horn, and you know you have all of that. And then the Devery Henderson are, and stuff. Yeah, you have all those quick little wide receivers, you know. And then, it, you know, Pierre Thomas was mm-hmm. a good player, you know. Then it turns into you know Breeze and you know my man Kamara, and now Michael Thomas, and like it, it just the 
the parts are constantly changing, but the offense, it has the one thing that's consistent, which is Breeze. But more importantly, to me, it's the, it's the coach that's the most consistent part of it. I agree. I, I, I it's, They're both great. They both helped each other. And I don't think they both would have totally, totally been where they're at now without each other. But if I had to rank it, and to me it's because we see the past few years they don't miss a beat when Breeze has gotten hurt. They, they're winning exactly. with Teddy Bridgewater with with Jameis coming in or T- Taysom Hill like they're they're still winning these games um and I know we're giving our audience but hey that's what we do here and if you will listen to this show the recommendations were given we wouldn't give them if they're not gold but I tell yeah. people go on the YouTube and it, it, it which is kind of cool actually I wish like other franchises would do it even though it's the Cowboys the Cowboys have like documentaries like like their franchise does documentaries and they got some great ones, honestly, that are really like fascinating to watch. And this one called Parcells Final Ride was kind of how I discovered. Like they, you know, they have these great like in-house, but like they're legit, honest documentaries. Mm-hmm. Um, and Parcells Final Ride is about like the hiring of Bill Parcells and what he was coming into and what he did to turn them around that first year, and you know how that all happened. And he talked about like. First, you know, it's about him getting high on that plane ride. But then bringing in his coaching staff. And I remember because in Sean Payton's interview, it, it's fascinating. If you haven't watched it, go watch this. It's called Parcell's Final Ride. But he they he didn't work with Sean Payton. He didn't meet Sean. He called him and talked to him over the phone and said, I'm taking this job. Come with me. Come be my QB coach in Dallas. And Sean Payton's like, I want to work with Bill Parcells. So Bill Parcells, I say that to say, Bill Parcells is no idiot, as we all know. Hell no. So he saw something that, you know, you talk about it because he was with the Giants before he went to Dallas and helped, you know, Tony Romo. Um, Bill Parcells saw something in Sean Payton as a coach. And by not working with him, sight unseen, hadn't met him, brought him in to be his QB coach and help with the offense. Yeah, and, and he did a great job. He did a great job with Romo. You know, and that Romo, it's not like Romo was a high draft pick. You know what I mean? Like, he was, nobody knew who Romo was. Mm-mm. You know, and, and so he went to Dallas and, and Sean Payton got a hold of him and, and did what he, you know, and helped Romo grow into what Romo well, became, you know. And it's, I think, I think Sean Payton is one of the most underrated coaches of all time. You know, like, and, and I know, you know, people go to, like, the playoff losses, and, you know, we'll definitely, definitely get into that. Um, but just scheme and, like, offensively, man, like, this dude has been doing it for a long time. And, and it's not only, he's not only doing it, man, but these, we can get into the numbers. These, like, these, this Saints offense has been a top five top eight offense probably for like 10 years in a row. I, I can be wrong, but it just feels like that to me anyway. And if you even look at this Breeze's numbers, I mean, we talked about, you You mentioned the 06 numbers, but from 08, he throws for 5,000 yards. Okay. Like, and then in 2011, throws for 5,400 yards and then 5,100 yards in 12, 13, 50, another 5,100 yards. It's like, dude, you only get that once or twice in like a franchise's history, you know what I mean? Like, and these dudes were doing it year in and year out. It's just amazing what they did down there. You know, five, 
I think five five thousand passing yard seasons. It's ridiculous, yeah. You know, it's it's insane. Like what what he he did. You know, remember for so long, no one did that for so long. No, Marino's eighty four with five thousand and eighty four. That was like yeah, no one's gonna touch that. And don't get me wrong, Marino's eighty four year is is like one of those. I still call that the best because. People were no one was throwing like that then. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. That that always sticks out to me as like the passing season. I know Manning's had his year breed, but like we were used to people throw. That was the name of the game, throwing. But yeah. in '84, no one did that. Like to get the That's four like thousand equivalent yards. of like six thousand. Yeah, like, yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? like, exactly. I definitely understand that. So like, I was like, who's gonna ever do that? And Drew Brees did it five times. Like. <laughs> Like uh, five of the top eleven passing yard yardage seasons in NFL history belongs to Breeze. You know, insane. Like, just you, you know, the number obviously number all time leader it with eighty thousand passing yards. I think the record that I really like is breaking Unitas's forty seven consecutive games for the touchdown pass. The that touchdown pass. Yeah. that was really always really impressive to me because I thought that was. That was almost like the equivalent of like a DiMaggio fifty-six game hitting streak, yeah. like because that lasted for a long time. And I'm yeah. like, who's gonna break? That was over fifty years. Who's gonna break that Unitas record? Uh, but Breeze did. He he got he got it to fifty-four. Yeah. So, I mean, it's great to throw for a lot of yards, right? Like right. that's that's definitely very impressive. But one thing that I I want to bring out is. Those five seasons, the Saints were under five hundred, like three or four, three out of the five seasons. Mm-hmm. You know, like it, it's, and it's something you mentioned earlier, real quick, and I'm I'm glad you did. But like even that 08, the first time he threw for five thousand yards, they were eight and eight. You know, he did it again in two thousand eleven. They were they were a great team though at that point. They were thirteen and three, and in two thousand twelve they were seven and nine. He threw for five thousand yards, and in two thousand sixteen they were seven and nine, throwing for five thousand yards. So. I'll go back to that statement you made earlier uh, in regards to Sean Payton and his offense. You talked about them being pass-happy there. I mean, like, do you think, like, because you can't neglect the run in the NFL. I don't give a shit how good of a coach you are. Mm-hmm. How much do you think that hurt the Saints the Saints organization? And and could have they won more Super Bowls if they were, that, that wasn't the case? Uh, For sure. I, I believe they were pass-happy. Um, and I believe that's where I think Sean Payton's a great. Co- he's one of the great offensive minds we've ever had. Yeah. But I, I don't say minds like fully because the great coaches to me, even if you are like you make sure that other side of the ball, you know you it, it, that you're not if you're a defensive guy. I respect those. You make sure the offense is taken care. Of. You know, Andy. You mentioned mm-hmm. Jim Johnson. I give Andy Reid credit. He brought in defense is not his strong suit. But he brought in a great defensive mind, you know, to get to get that job handled, and and that's one thing is frustrating with Sean Payton. The defense slacked a lot in those years, and the lack of the run game. And I mean, and we, we can get to the Super Bowl, but we'll, we'll get into it. I mean, we all remember the Beastquake, one of the great runs in NFL history by Marshawn Lynch. Amazing. Yeah. Amazing, but that's against the Saints, who are the defending champions. They're eleven and five, and 
are on the road to a seven and nine team. Now you can knock it because like, should we change the rules up? Because how can a seven and nine team get a home playoff game? I understand that, and that's for a different discussion. But still, the fact is, you're going against a team who's seven and nine, and you get just run all up and down. Not just with by that single play, which was amazing. The the Seahawks just just ran all over you. It was ugly, yeah. like, and you're defending champs, and you give up 41 points to a seven and nine team. A seven and yeah. nine team, like that. That playoff loss is embarrassing to me. It's just yeah. so many of them that it's like, yeah, like. And I look at in some games, I look at Breeze. A lot of I look at Sean Payton, like too. Like mm-hmm. you, they left a lot on the table. Absolutely, and that's where you know we can give all the accolades and give all the praise to Breeze and, and Payton, but there's also like that other side of the coin, like we mentioned earlier, um, and it is these tough losses, you know, that they've sustained, and again. And it, how bad that loss was. Anytime a team wins the division with a sub, you know, five hundred record, boom, that's the game people go to. Mm-hmm. You know, remember when Seattle beat Saints, exactly. You know, you know, and it's like that's that bad of a loss. You know, <laughs> yeah. so we we can't we can't. Yeah, I'm I'm glad you pointed that out. Um, so, but I also I think it also goes back to like the offensive philosophy because if you look at you know, like their playoff record on the road is like two and five. You know, mm-hmm. and I and I totally understand it's hard to win on the road on the playoffs. Like I, I get that, but you know, I think that goes back to the offensive philosophy. Like if you're going to Green Bay, you know, you're going to MetLife, you're going to Seattle where weather is always terrible. You know, like, and if you don't have that mindset that you know to run that football, like you're not going to win a lot of those games. Like you can, and I and I get it. Like a lot of these great offenses you know, are pass first and, and, you know, they pass the run, they set up the run now. It's, it's like the total opposite. But, you know, like if you want to look back at like those 49ers teams, let's just say, you mentioned Bill Walsh and Joe Montana, like they could also run the ball. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like if you want to go to like, you know, obviously we know the Cowboys were run first, but, you know, like the greatest show on turf. Like if they had, if they needed to run the ball, they were turning around and giving it to Marshall Falk 30 times. Like, and they were able to do that. Like, this is where, again, it, it, like you mentioned earlier, it definitely hurt them because you can't just turn that switch on. You know what I mean? Like, to be a nasty running team. Like, that, you can, just can't do that from game to game. Like, it has to be something that you build, and it has to be something that's, like, embedded in, like, an offense. And they just never had that. It's, it's great to throw for a lot of yards, and, I, and it's really exciting, and I get all that, you know. But you got to also be able to, to hunker down and run the ball, and they, for a lot of these playoff games, were not able to do that. No, um, and also to look at, you know, even and we're not going year by year, but we look at the playoff losses like that next year. It's not, you know, the worst loss to me is that Seattle loss of the yeah. the Breeze Peyton playoff losses, but I gotta look at it, man. Like they they go they have another great year in 2011. All right, they're going to bounce back. This is that time get another bowl, maybe two in 3 years. Okay, Seattle was bad. And then they get to the divisional game in San Fran. And that was a San Fran team with a tough defense, but they got Alex Smith as quarterback. And hey, I praise Alex Smith for his comeback this year. Everything I hear about Alex, he's a great guy and I like his story, his resiliency, but Alex Smith doesn't. He can't slang that ball. No. 
now check down king right check down king and that that's what that offense was yeah we get alex smith gets 299 yards three touchdowns got 28 yards and a touchdown on the ground so four total touchdowns alex smith is like vince he's his all he's michael vick that day doing everything vince young in the rose bowl it make alex smith look like that he leads two go-ahead touchdowns in the final three minutes of a game that's that's straight up choke. You're choking. I don't like using that word, but that's what you did. So bad, you know that he hits Vernon Davis. We get to catch three. We have to catch one with Montana Clark. Two is Steve Young to Terrell, and three is Alex Smith to Vernon. Vernon Davis crying and just like To was he boo hoo hooing against the Saints. Like, mm-hmm. and then the next week the Giants come to town. Alex Smith can't do nothing against the Giants. Because that's who Alex Smith is. But against the yeah. Saints, hey, Marshawn can he can run over eight guys in a row. Alex Smith looks like the you know Steve Young 2.0. That's that Saints team here. Like, you know, Drew Brees had two picks that game too. Like, yeah, they, there's some some bad playoff losses that are like, come on, and and I think the Saints could. That's the thing. They probably beat the Giants the next week. Yeah, and and this is where. All of like the, um, like the breeze, like I'm not gonna call them apologists, but this is where like all the breeze fans come in and say, wait, 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 but you can't put that on Drew Brees, Drew breeze, right? Because they had a terrible defense and they can never, you know, stop anybody, stuff like that. Like that's, and that's like the most frustrating thing for me to hear because it's it's, it's it's true. You know what I mean? Like they've they've had some really bad defenses, you know, in New Orleans, um, especially early on. In, in his tenure, but you know you can't just put all of it on the defense, man. Like you know, you talked about he had two interceptions that game. Like you know, it's 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 still a bad loss. You know, you like Alex Smith. You know, <clears throat> like do all of that. That's on the defense, yes. But you know, when the offense is not putting up as much as many points, and you're letting Alex Smith control the clock and 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 you know beat you both throwing and running, you know that's that's not. It's on the defense, but also the offense has to like, you know, build momentum and kill the clock a little bit and get that keep that defense on off the field. And that's kind of like my argument too. Back to the like a lot of these fans this is like, yeah, the defense was bad, but the defense was on the field a lot, mm-hmm. you know, with, throughout this this Breeze era, you know, because they were constantly scoring quick, you know, but they were throwing the ball a lot, and it, it's 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 a good argument, I guess, but. It, you know, again, like you got to put up points in the playoffs. It, it a, a lot of times they didn't. It's only partial to me because that's the thing. I I will say even in some of like Drew Brees' wins in, in the playoff games, you're not thinking about he didn't put teams away in the playoffs like a lot of great yeah. quarterbacks did. Drew Brees didn't do that, and that's what I think hurt is that with these offenses that are really high powered, they're kind of they're le- they're lingering around, and then you throw in a defense. That's porous and on the field a lot because you're not putting them away. You're not being efficient. So then you're you're starting to get momentum in the second half, but it, it's too late. You know they're down fourteen to nothing in that in that Niners game in twenty eleven. They're playing comeback here, mm-hmm. and then you know, but then you you know you come put from a hole. You're not you're not putting the team away. You're not getting that momentum going there. And I think that's what is kind of has hurt him in these games. Like I said, even in the wins. You know, um, in the '09 championship game, 
And I don't want to take anything away from them because they won. And then they won the Super Bowl. I look at both of those games. You're not thinking about Drew Brees. No. He 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 played smart. He didn't he didn't lose the game, but he he wasn't out there winning the game either. And I mean, I guess can we go into it, Jose? About like, and I don't want to take. Like I said I'm not taking away from Brees and his accomplishments because they're great, and he's a first ballot Hall of Famer. But the '09 championship game, and we kind of you know we're talking about we're going to look at that fully. Yeah. We're going to say that for a later episode, but. Watching, you know, the game like, like these past couple days, I mean, that was the Vikings game to win. They had that game. Oh yeah, yeah, they definitely did. And you know, and we can, you know, everybody remembers, you know, what that game's for, Bounty Gate, and all that. And even if that's not going on, you know how, you know, it, I don't know if Favre's a little more efficient. You know what I mean? Like they, they were killing Favre that game. Oh, it was bad. It was bad. It, it, it was it was ugly, you know, and you know, everybody, you know, even, you know, that that championship run, you know, everybody thinks that he just rolled through the playoffs. No, you're exactly right. Like we won't I mean, Minnesota had an opportunity to win that game, you know, and and that's going to be another discussion with Favre and that's another discussion, right? But, you know, you're exactly right. Like it, it's not like the Orleans rolled through that and would like with the easy win that that did not happen so um yeah that people tend to forget about that <laughs> yeah um the vikings wound up getting five turnovers in that game adrian yeah. peterson could not hold on to the ball to save his life i mean i don't yeah. i don't understand but the the saints were down in that game and and i'll give um you know they credit tracy porter gets that pick but in, in that in this era, I am surprised, and I I remember it, but then having to rewatch it again, that the Saints got away with that. Because there's yeah. obvious cheap shots on Favre. I mean, they did some obvious. It it's like I'm stunned that in that era where you know protecting the quarterback that has started going at really really heightening at that point. I'm surprised, and especially who who the quarterback is. It's Brett yeah. Favre. I'm stunned that they got away with that. Yeah, and and this is like another like old adage that they talk about. Like the team that if you turn over the ball over five times, you're not winning the game, right? But if you would have told me at the beginning of that game that you know Minnesota's going to have five turnovers and the Saints are going to have one turnover, I'm thinking this is like a 42 to mm-hmm. 17 game. You know, Minnesota. I'll play them. They doubled them in yards. You know, I think Breeze had like like a buck ninety throwing that game. Like he didn't have much. He wasn't doing much, and um, and they couldn't run the ball to save their lives. Uh, New Orleans, um, but again, turnovers killed them. And, and it's not like the people want to give credit or not. I'm sorry, people want to talk about the defense when it's Breeze's losses, but when it's his wins, it's like you know the defense. It was all Drew Breeze. No, like this game was definitely. Had nothing to do with Drew Brees, and it, it it just goes to show you, like, you know, if you turn the football over, mm. you're going to lose that, especially a playoff game. But you're exactly right with like, with like the bounty gate situation, man. Like, it it was really ugly. Like, it, it was obvious, and you're right. Like, we didn't even know that they had that going on during the game, but it was like, man, like, what is going on? Like, they're killing this dude, man. Like, and, and it, I I'm shocked. If it was today, that's not happening. But no. 
and that's this is not even that long ago, but Mm-mm. it just it, it was just so blatant and obvious, man. But it happens. Let's be real here. The, the as bad as Adrian Peterson was playing with the fumbles, he he ties the game with a touchdown. Ball goes back to the Saints. Drew Brees gets stopped. They got a punt. Yeah. The Vikings are moving the ball. And if it, I mean, don't get me wrong, mental mistakes happens. But if it wasn't for really, it starts with the two back to back. Too many men on the field. Yep. Is what really that hurt them. And then you throw in you know, that cheap shot. They they went high and low on Favre. And then not long after that, you know, he's hobbling. He throws that pick to Tracy Porter to force the overtime. We can maybe say if they don't have too many men on the field, there's no uh, Drew Brees doesn't have a ring on his finger. And how different would this legacy be? You know, like mm-hmm. it, if that happens, you know, it, it, it's so so different. And um, but yeah, you're exactly right. You know that the end of the game, if it were a couple two plays, you know, if they would have went differently, we're having maybe a different discussion. And know? that's um, yeah. Uh, sorry, go ahead. No, no, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. That's with five turnovers. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> to compared to one, like I, I, and that's where he's he's a he's a knockdown from you know um, certain people because I don't know if you give five turnovers to Tom Brady compared to one in a playoff game he he he's taking advantage you know and to to Peyton Manning to a lot of these great quarterbacks like they're they're taking advantage of it there's a reason why and that vikings that's a very good viking team don't get me wrong but yeah that defense was was good yeah and, and we forget for a little while how good percy harvin was and how yeah. good sydney rice was and they had a little run there as being good and they kind of went sideways but mm-hmm. um it, it, drew Brees was not the hero and i'm not here to knock drew Brees because i think if they lose this game He's still a Hall of Famer because he has all those numbers and the impact yeah. he has on New Orleans, but his legacy is even down a little bit more because, like, you know, if they don't get this win. And this was not – really the Vikings gave this game to the Saints. The Saints did not – like 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 Jose said, they the time of possession, way in Minnesota's favor, yardage, way in the Vikings' favor. It's, it's those five turnovers. And really I can throw in there some a little bit so, but that bounty gate mm-hmm. is what is what got the Saints into the Super Bowl. Yeah, and this is at home. You know what I mean? Like they they're struggling like this uh, against Minnesota against that Minnesota defense. So, and that's another like, you know, another thing that gets thrown out there when when people talk about Breeze. It's obviously the playoff record, right? Like the playoff record. He's five hundred. He's eight and eight in the playoffs. Um, I'm sorry, nine and nine in the playoffs, and. He's got four home losses, you know, and oof, that's 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 tough, mm. you know, and and you got guys like you know Big Ben or, you know, um, you know you got Brady with seven, but you're looking at thirty, you know, forty five games, you know that he's played, you know, Breeze, we we're talking about eighteen playoff games, you know, eleven of them at home, and four home losses, like that's. That's a lot of home losses, you know, and you know people can go to the this last home loss against the the Rams and the pass that should have been pass interference, 
you know, I, I, I understand. That that should have been a win there. But, you know, that, to be one of the greats, like, you know, you can't, that can't happen. Like, home losses, so many home losses. Just, I mean, you're looking at other guys like Rodgers. You know, he, he's less than four. He's got three. You know, Russell Wilson has two. Like, you know, like you, you're looking at some of the greats where, you know, when they're at home and it's the playoffs, they get shit done. Like, you know, again, looking at the Saints team, this is the only thing that, like, I always had an issue with them. Like, they were great. They had a, they had a, they, they have a great run. They had a great run, you know, with Brees. But it was always, I always remember, like, man, they lost at home. Like, you know, it was just always, like, those, those tough home playoff losses. So, I know that's something me and you always talk about, too, Damien. Mm-hmm. I, um... I'll be honest, even uh, as that's a terrible no call in that NFC championship game, the Saints, to me, I it's a bad call. It's terrible, but I still look at it as it's, it's kind of like the thing we, you know, with Scott Norwood. It's different plays, but the same. You, you don't blame Scott Norwood for that Bills loss because there's so many chances the Bills had to win that game and didn't get the job done. Yeah. And that's how I look at that championship game. Was it a terrible call? Absolutely it was. The Saints, the Saints, they blew that game. The Saints had a 13, but they could not get the job done. They had chances to put them away and then wind up getting some field goals and not getting touchdown and not taking advantage of the Rams. And then the Rams came back, and you, you see that over and over again. And the Saints won the coin toss in overtime. Yeah. And the drive stalled out. Like, there's chances even. So, to me, that's even worse. That's different. We're worse than the Scott. Because Scott Norwood's missed kick was the final play. The Saints still have a chance to win this game after that bat. It goes to overtime. They don't get the job done. Um, Breeze gets picked off in it. He was hit, gets picked off. So, it's. It's uh, I I don't even knock I don't I still call that a bad loss for them I don't I don't look at that as like to me maybe the 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 Minnesota miracle could be in that yeah. you know kind of like oh it's a tough one like okay but that that championship game I don't I don't take anything off of them I don't give them any like pass on it like you had too many chances to win that game I don't care about that bad call it was a terrible call you still could have won the game after that like come on. Yeah, yeah, it shouldn't have, it shouldn't have been up to that call. You know what I mean? Like it, it they, they should have put up points before that, and and even in twenty eighteen, like when the Eagles went in there, the Eagles should have won that game. You know, like we had um, Alshon drop that one pass and turn into an interception, but they were going in there, they were going to score. Like, and if they scored there, like it. It's just that's too many of those losses. Oh well, that yeah, that's the yeah yeah that's the same that's the week before yeah. this game yeah. 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 And I agree with you. I think the Eagles, the Eagles were all jumped on top of them, uh, and the Eagles. Uh, I I feel who didn't pick up. There was a fumble, and someone tried to pick it up and score. They would have laid it. Up. I thought that play in that Eagles Saints game would have been the difference. I forget who tried, but I've been Fletcher tried to pick it up and run it in. Yeah, I believe so. Yeah, and then yeah. also that fake punt, where Fletcher kind of like didn't do much, mm-hmm. <laughs> just standing there, and then they ran it right by him up the middle. Like that turned the game around. It's not like this offense was 
out there and and bringing them back and and doing this and doing that like no it, it's just it's too many of those performances for me to 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 put Breeze in that category of like you know Brady Montana all all those guys like it, it's it's too many of these it, it's just too many of these for me. Yeah, and because a lot of people, when they did the NFL all-time 100 team, there were people saying, like, Drew Brees didn't make it. And I, I kind of say to them, tell me a quarterback you're taking out to put Drew Brees in there for, and yeah. uh, I, I don't see it. I mean, he was a finalist even with that, and okay, I, <laughs> oh, all right. And I'm not here to knock, it's not knocking Drew Brees at all. Well, I'm not here to do that, but. There's no way I could put Drew Brees on the NFL 100 list. Like I, I, I couldn't. Like, and to me, I was kind of surprised that there was even discussion about that, like or controversy about it, when like To didn't make it as a wide receiver. That's a way bigger knock yeah, or oh, offense. Yeah, absolutely. You know, we talk. Let's talk about that. I don't really want to talk about like Drew Brees. You gonna put Drew Brees over Johnny Unitas, over Stallback, over Marino? Over Peyton Manning, Otto Grant, like nah, like you can't. Like, it's like just such pillars of the game, and who were beyond the like. And Drew Brees' legacy is beyond numbers too, but yeah. a lot of his legacy is numbers, and not numbers of of, of rings. It's it's statistical numbers. Yeah, yeah, and that's where everybody looks at, and that's where your average fan. It's it's like look what everything he's done, all the records he has. You know, and that's awesome. Like, don't get, again, there's two sides to every coin. We definitely praise Drew Brees a lot in this episode. But then there's also the other side where we got to look at playoff losses and performances where, you know, he had an opportunity to play much better and, and didn't, and which ended up in, in some bad losses. So, um, yeah, if you want to look at the numbers, it's easy. To, yeah, he's one of the best of all time, but... Just like I mentioned at the beginning of the show, I always looked at Breeze in this era, you know, like fourth, you know, it's a couple years in there. He crapped in that top three, but, you know, I I think he's a, that's a good number for him, like four or five. Of of his era? Yeah. Yeah. Let me, well, let me just, this is off the top of the dome. Some guys of like a pre, like when you look at Drew Breeze or Steve Young, who, who, who do you take? Mm. I, I love Steve Young. I I, I do. I just yeah, I he's too. A good player. I, I I'm taking Steve Young. I'm I taking Steve, Steve Young, Young too. One can do can do more. Right, mm-hmm. like he can do a little more. He was just as accurate as Breeze. You know, um, he can. I'm taking Young. That's I'm taking best. Steve. I agree. I take Steve Young. Um, I I I would take Breeze over Aikman. Yes. Um. I'm trying to think of somebody else, like, who's that, like, kind of, fr- you know, Breeze don't compare to John Elway. Um, what, compare- Breeze or Marino? Marino. Yeah, that's an easy one. Like, damn yeah, People like, like to compare them to because of the numbers and all that, but mm. nah. I don't know. I don't think that's that much of a comparison. Not at all. Not at all. Uh, yeah, the, uh, Marino. Marino, he made the NFL 100 list and... and 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 Marino to me is uh I know he doesn't have the ring. Marino had a much tougher, you know, he had to go through a tougher era. Yeah. 
mm-hmm. of of other teams, including he had to face one of the all-time great teams in his division twice a year, let alone also in the playoffs certain years with uh, those Bills teams. So that kind of stopped him. And who he lost to in the Super Bowl was an all-time team. Yeah, yeah. With the '84 oh, yeah. Niners, so but like, so I don't want to hear like from people like Marino doesn't have a ring. Marino, what he did and the way he changed the game and the way to me, uh, you can link like two people to connect. Like we like to do past to the present. There's one coach, like mainly with Bill Walsh, and then there's one player with Marino. Of why we see that explosion in football it, it's it, to me those that coach and walsh and that player marino what what they did in the 80s to lead to what we have now is is, is really just unbelievable so not I, I i can't put breeds over those guys and he's behind certain quarterbacks in his era so hall of famer but not like an all not a not, he's not on my all time like no goat or mount rushmore list or a top 100 list for, for, for quarterbacks for me. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I, I can all time. I, it'll be, he'll be tough to crack the top 10, like in my top 10, like he, he will be in it, but it will be towards the bottom of the top 10 list. If I, if I had to create one, mm-hmm. um, you know, I'm thinking of guys like even like guys in this era, like, you know, big Ben. Or and that which who I'm not a fan of, you know, or even we talked about, you know, in 09, but like a Favre, like you know, guys like that, like, you know, I would put him in almost in that same tier. But these guys got rings, and it's just, you know, you start adding all that stuff up, you know, he starts, you know, dropping and dropping. Even like a guy like, like Warren Moon, somebody like that, like, yeah, he doesn't have the success that Drew Brees had, but, you know. I, I Warren Moon to me was, was one of the best throwers of the ball of all time, man. Mm-hmm. You know, and you know I, I'm looking at Breeze and that, you know, with those guys. You know what I mean? Like I, I would, I think Breeze is obviously a little better, but you know, I, I, but those are the guys who I'm looking at them at. Like, yeah. You know what I mean? Like not not with the Bradys and the, you know, and and the Mannings and, and you know Montanas and stuff. Well, you're right. I I take Big Ben. I put Big Ben over Breeze and um, another obvious one who. Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers to me is over Breeze. Hmm. That that that's the, that they're close. <laughs> I I think they're close. I I take if Rodgers, you know, God forbid, never played another game to, to of his life. I'm I'm saying Aaron Rodgers was the better quarterback in my opinion than Drew Breeze. Yeah, I I would go Rodgers, but he's another one, you know, with, with too many. Too many of these performances in the playoffs where it's just like, what are you doing, man? You he has I mean? some, like, not not to not as many to me as no, not, as no, Breeze, no, no, no. and he I also could that. put teams away. Rodgers to me put teams away better, and Rodgers also has wins where he shouldn't have won those games, and somehow he yeah. won them too in the playoffs. So like, which Breeze doesn't really have too many of those. I I don't remember. Any like playoff games where I'm like, no way the Saints are gonna win and like they, they did it. Like doesn't have a lot of those either. Like Yeah, cause cause there's those you have those quarterbacks and who are like they call them franchise quarterbacks, but they, they everybody's a franchise quarterback now, but like those QBs who like change 
obscure franchise. Like the guys who I really think about is like, you know, like the Peyton Mannings. Like that they're coming in and you know things are going to be better. Like, you know, immediately. You know, like we didn't think that like Tom Brady like that, but obviously he became that. Like Joe Montana, like John Elway, like these guys we knew. Like I never thought of Breeze that way. I don't know why. I just I never did. Like but to play like, devil's advocate, thought, could you say that he did that? Didn't he do that with the Saints? He did. No, I, he did. But what I'm saying, I, I I might be explaining this wrong, but it, it's like that. Like the stud quarterback, I guess I'm trying to say, like just like the, I I'm saying this wrong. Like I'm, I'm, I feel like an idiot. But. No, 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 you're not. Um, I'm thinking like you're trying to like, like with those guys like Peyton, like, like you could almost put them anywhere and they're making your yeah. team better, kind of like, thing. That, yeah, like the Peyton Manning's, like the Elways, Andrew Locks, like these guys that you know, like they're you can put them on any team and it's just like it's a given. Like they're gonna have a, a, a great career. I just really never. I never thought of Breeze that way. I mean, I guess he he was, you know. I just never thought of him like that. And again, I think that goes down to like goes back to like me. He's like fourth in the pecking order for me all the time. Like you know, I mean, in this era, I mean, excuse me, but I, I don't know. I, I certain quarterbacks I just look at and I'm like, man, like this dude's a stud. Like he's a a great great quarterback. And I just Breeze has all the numbers. I just never felt like he was like that guy. I, I, no, I hear I what you're saying. It wrong. I, 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 I know what I you mean. Never, I never felt that way. I, and especially what you said about Sean Payton earlier, I, I it shows to me. And I'm not saying you're right or wrong. Like it's a, it's an interesting take. Like how important, how much admiration or respect you have for Sean Payton, and how yeah. to you, Sean Payton is more of the guy that did yeah. this than Drew Brees. I, I think so. And again, I just think it was a perfect marriage, perfect situation. You know, the offense playing in a dome, not only at home, but, you know, on some road games in their division. You know, again, in Atlanta, you know, all these places like that. And then they're going to warm weather cities because they're playing in the NFC South. So it's just like a perfect storm, like a perfect marriage. And for both guys, you know, but I just think, you know, and I mentioned it earlier, like, there was obviously reports, and, and Sean Payton has publicly said it. Like before, they knew Drew Brees was, you know, was going to be released. He, they were looking at Vince Young and Matt Leiner in the draft. You know, they were the New Orleans was three and thirteen a year before that, so they had a, you know, a top pick, and they had one of the top picks in the in the first round. And you know, once Brees was available, then it was obviously stuff changed. But I, I can think like, again, like I can imagine Vince Young like in this offense. I can imagine. Uh, Matt Liner maybe in this office. Not they're not doing what Breeze done. I said that earlier, but he's going to have success because he's just that coach. Like he's just that type of coach. Or if that doesn't pan out, they were moving on. They'll probably get somebody else who will. But I don't know. And Breeze doesn't definitely doesn't have this success if he goes somewhere else. You know what I mean? So it again, it was both. They both deserve a lot of credit. Uh, I just think for me, I would give a little more credit to Champagne. No, I I hear you. I I know what you you mean. I I you know, on paper Drew Brees did turn a franchise around, and he was a franchise yeah. guy. But there are levels, just like you know, with like recruiting, you know, five star recruit, blue chip kind of guys, and then four there's tiers, yeah. and there are tier. You know, Andrew Luck was that kind of guy. You knew whoever took him, he's going to turn your franchise around. Same with Peyton, 
you know, um, and they wherever they go, they're going to make it better. And 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 I, I don't disagree with you. I think he's interesting. I I don't know if I don't I don't feel like I think Drew Brees is good. He's not great. He's not a difference maker wherever he goes. Um, because you have to look at it too. And there's a lot of talent that came through New Orleans in this time. Yeah. Like he played with offensively and defensively with Vil- how good Vilma was. Malcolm Jenkins there, you know, with, with Sharper was there. Uh, the late great Will Smith as a pass rusher. Yeah. Like, how they guy. Yeah. But well, rest in peace to Will Smith. Yeah, but. for sure. And even like offensively, offensive line was always good. Yeah. You know, he's always had a lot of protection. Always had good running backs, you know, behind him. You know, always had adequate enough wide receivers. Really good you ones. Know, at, at some points, yeah. But normally it was like one solid one and like three speedsters <laughs> that yeah. would get open and he's hitting them down the field. And, and again, like that just goes to me. That just goes to scheme and 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 coaching you know yeah. i i really i really do i really feel like that and again you got to make the plays don't get me wrong like i think drew Brees had it it was very very good you know but and even in this era and that says that says a lot to me like even in this era i'm going with probably four quarterbacks over him yeah for sure it it, it says a lot um I guess I want to put just a bow on it, um, because what it, it's not been talked about, and I, I don't not saying it necessarily should be, because it's you're talking about his retirement, but I know for me, his his legacy, and you know we're all human, so I'm not saying I'm here to judge someone. People make mistakes, but it it's a pretty bad one, and it's tarnished like what happened last summer with Drew Brees and, you know, after the death of George Floyd and, mm-hmm. and his comments when it came to Colin Kaepernick, which for the second time he had said that, wasn't yeah. his first time saying it. And, you know, um, I, I just want to know, you know, get into it, real Jose, like, because we're talking about his legacy and, and that's what we're doing here. And time will tell, you know, a few years from now, we can reevaluate it you know, his overall impact, but what, where, where do you kind of sit with Drew Brees? Cause we talk about off the field, the great he did, but then we're going to talk about the, the negative too. Yeah. And I, I was, and I was surprised by that, you know, by, by those comments and because everything you read, everything you hear and, and again, from the outside looking in as a, you know, fan of a different, you know, of a different team, he seems like a great leader. You know, you always hear that the leadership and tangibles, and he has them all. And you know, when you know when he made those comments, I, I was I was shocked to be honest. I, I was really surprised because I, I just didn't see him doing that. And that's why I was saying earlier, like, like I again doing my digging as usual. I I forgot that I was kind of a fan of this guy, like you know, and because mm-hmm. he's a smaller guy, I always like root for that. You know, and he and he was always people were always down on him, and you know the arm strength and all of this other stuff, and you know looking over the line, there's famous pictures of that, and so I always root for that guy, you know, and but at the end here, it's just like I just needed him to go away, 
you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, and, and that's kind of how I felt. Like, and I don't know if it's because, you know, how many years he's played and success and, you know, whatever it is. I don't feel like that about Brady. You know what I mean? Like, I, I don't. Like, he's had more success. He's played longer. And, you know, I just, I don't feel that way about Brady. I, I felt about that. I felt like that with Drew Brees. And I just felt like he just, after he made those comments, you know, with the George, George Floyd situation, it, it was just like, all right, dude, like, you know, I'm, I'm good. Like, I just need you to ride into the sunset, you know. And, and I think for me it hurt his legacy the way I look at it. But it seems like it has it for a lot of people, you know, which I'm not surprised. But um, how how about you? I, I'm interested to hear your take on this, Um It's one of those things that, like, a lot of things that we've seen in our lifetimes, you know, you and I, you being Hispanic, me being black, we've seen it. But it's one of those things where I tell people you're not surprised, but it doesn't take away the, you know, we can have two emotions at the same time. You're not surprised, but yeah, you're still, yeah. like, shocked. It doesn't take away the the hurt or disappointment factor. And Drew Brees made those comments before. Mm -hmm. um, so I was not surprised by it because he said it back then and that and I was disappointed then. I was pissed in 2020, the summer, because to me, it was him doubling down. It was, And that yeah. to me is where I'm like, you're, you're, I'm getting like, you're, you're really showing your true colors you're not, this is just you not wanting to hear. Even those in that moment who didn't want to hear before, including, you know, Roger Goodell and other people, were kind of sitting there and being like, all right, we, we got to quiet up and say the right things and listen. And to me, he came out, and I remember hearing that, because there was audio with it. And there was a lot of venom, a lot of pat. Like, it wasn't, you know, there was no, like, maybe he didn't say it, it got worse. No, there was venom and passion in what he said. And he got that backlash and from LeBron, from different, from former teammates, from his current teammates. Yeah. And that to me was something where, I don't know, I remember when Riley Cooper did what he did here in Philly. And, and it was one of those things where, you know, that's it's a beautiful thing about sports where you could have different backgrounds, different religions, different upbringings and come together. But things like that for me, I can't. Yeah, people say, well, can you play? And I always hear players say, like, well, yeah, we'll get, we have to. I can't, I know, I've dealt with people at my job like that. And I, no, I don't, I, uh uh. You got to work over there. I don't want to work, don't, we got to work hand in hand, it ain't going to work. So I don't really want to be in the same building with you. If we have to, like, work together, we got problems. And that's how I looked at it with Drew Brees. And I'm with you. That's why I was like, I, I you need to go away and retire. Because I'm also looking like when Michael Thomas was like, nah, I, I got problems. I'm like, how yeah. are you going to restructure that locker room and reshape that locker room, you know? Yeah, and I remember the apology, the video apology and, you know, and all of that. And I was just like, that's why I was like, I'm, I'm done. Like, you know, you got to just. Yeah, when you have teammates speaking out, you know, and posting stuff on Twitter. Like you said, Michael Thomas, it was the main one, you know, and. But he caught a lot, you're right, he caught a lot of flack, which he should have, you know. But it's just some of these things, like, you know, he's calling it like an oxymoron or whatever it was. And it just, you just don't make these comments. Like, you just you just don't do it. And I just feel like those are people, you know, athletes who are super, like, entitled and, 
you know, he's had a lot of success, and especially with New Orleans. And, you know, some of these dudes, I feel like, can do not do whatever they want, but they can say whatever they want. They know nothing, you know, no backlash, especially what the organization is going to happen. Now, for him, I don't think he saw all the backlash coming, you mm-hmm. know, so... When that started coming, he started backtracking and, you know, you know, made the apology and after speaking with us up, like, whatever, dude, like, you know, you, you feel the way you feel. That's, that's, that's your opinion. You have the right to your opinion, but yeah, it, it was just, I think it was time. Like, I just thought it was time. You got to go enjoy your retirement, enjoy your kids, enjoy the family. <laughs> um, but yeah, th- thanks for no thanks. <laughs> yeah. And it, it's something, um, that's a bad taste in my mouth because. You wanted to help this New Orleans. And I think the numbers have changed a little bit since to some years after Katrina to an extent. There, you know, I know some other nationalities have come in more to New Orleans, but mm-hmm. New Orleans fifty percent black. Yeah. So to me, that's where I was like, what? You know, people knew I, I was known. Um, so I was like, okay, well, you wanted to help this city out. So, you know, and there's contradictions and I'm not here to be the judge or juror of anyone. I can't do that. I don't want to do it, but it's one of those things where I feel like Michael Vick after the dog fighting, you were kind of, I, for me, I was wondering how much of this is trying to get good graces and how much of this he means it. And I'm, I'm glad to say as awful as that is, you know, I'm a fan of dogs. Jose is. Uh, you know, little Thor. So like, oh yeah, <laughs> you know, like it have awful of what what it was. I see the the contrite, and years later, to me, still see that contrite. It wasn't just when he was getting good press, or he Vic has made that effort to this day to talk to people about doing right and wrong and admitting his wrongs and stuff. So to me, it's one of those things that time will tell. With Drew Brees, if 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 that apology, you know, he had a lot of talks with Malcolm Jenkins, mm-hmm. and yeah. uh, I don't know why Shaq was on it, um, which wasn't needed, but like Shaq yeah. talked to him, uh, but like for his teammates, time will tell if if that remorse, if he really did learn something and and change, and and I'll be the first to admit it, whether it's still through our podcast or just in general. All right, maybe maybe he he sees his ways, but as of right now, it's too close for me to not let him off the hook for that personally. And I don't, I'm not here to knock what he did for the city. I'm not here to say he's an awful problem. That's not my, my, my role or my place, but that stung and that was disappointing. That was really disappointing from him. Yeah. I, I think like how you said, leaving a nasty taste in my mouth was a perfect way to, to put it. Cause that's exactly what it was. Cause again, the reason why I'm saying I was shocked is because Every, all the stories you hear of what he did help with Katrina and everything like that for the community in New Orleans. And when you saw the reaction of those teammates, uh, Michael Thomas, and you talked about uh, Malcolm Jenkins, especially Jenkins. Jenkins was going off on them. Mm-hmm. And um, it was like, yeah, like, dude, like that, what you did, what you said, it was not, you know, it's not cool. Like, you know, and, um, and if you don't know what he said, he just said, I would never agree with anyone disrespecting the flag of the United States of America or our country, you know, and, you know, we talk about the kneeling, you know, when, you know, the playing of the national anthem. So it's just, you know, I, I hope he learned from that. You know what I'm saying? Again, I, I'm not here to judge that either, but, you know, if he didn't, oh, well, like that's, that's still on him. Like, you know what I mean? So I, I, I'm not taking anything away as of him as like a player, you know, he had a, he had a great career. He's a Hall of Fame player. 
you know, but again, that that left a nasty taste in my mouth. That's a great way to put it. Yeah, and it's something, and I think that's where it it it's the fun part for you know, being like kind of you know I look at us as, as audio being like audio journalists you know and historians uh, of sports with, with with this show. There's a lot of people that's conflicting. So to me, on the field, it's very misleading because you see these numbers and they're great and they're like he's a first ballot Hall of Famer, absolutely a great player, no question. But it doesn't tell all the story. And then some of his numbers do with those playoff losses. And then his impact on a community, you can't put on a number on what he did to help and be a big part of the face of a rebirth of a city that was devastated. And we we lose track of just how devastated that city still is. Yeah. But just that's one of like, you know, Jose said it. A- afterwards, every disaster is going to be compared to Katrina, just like sadly and horribly. Any kind of like shooting, it gets looked back at Columbine. That's how bad Katrina was, and he helped be a rebirth. So you can't put a price on that, but also you can't put the value on the hurt that his comments and the shock that it, it gave, especially in the heart of what was going yeah. on during a pandemic and during the the social unrest, and after that tragedy with George Floyd and comboing up with Ahmaud Arbery and Breonna Taylor, like. To say it, and that that was the audacity. What yep. was in his heart is, oh, but then in that moment, he he doubled down and said, "I'm going to say this," and there's thought to it. And you could have passed. You could have said no comment, or uh, I'm just here to support whoever and do the right thing, and I want everyone to get along. You could have gave some cop out answer, and okay, you he doubled down, and that's that's gonna it, it leaves like he's like I said, a bad taste in my mouth, and time will tell. But it, he's such. It's a shame because that that leaves it all around. It's just like the the yin and yang. You get pulled in both yeah. directions with his legacy right now. I agree. That's that's well said. So, so let me ask you, Jeremy, the the million dollar question for this episode. Um, you know, the, do you look at his career as he overachieved or is he underachieved? On the field. And I, I want to make I want to make sure like when I answer this question I'm sure not to put words in Jose's mouth we're talking about on the field like not not what we just talked about like the off yeah, the field yeah. stuff it's just him I'm gonna still stay overachieved yeah I I agree with that and I when we first talked about this show I I did not I I thought I I, I all I had fresh in my mind were those playoff losses and you know. In those in those performances also like even in like you mentioned even in those wins like I, I feel like heating some of those wins weren't because of Drew Brees you know even in that Super Bowl run so at, at first that was like my first reaction but then you know I, I you know gave us a thought obviously did a lot of research and I just think the way he just transformed this organization from what it was and especially after Katrina I just think puts that boom on another level, right? And mm-hmm. then, you know, him being six foot, you know, not the strongest arm, you know, like all of those intangibles as well. Like, I, I just think what he's accomplished, it, it's amazing. You know, it, it's amazing. And um, so I, I agree. I, I think he definitely overachieved and, you know, had a, had a Hall of Fame career, man. You know what I mean? As much as I 
like to give Sean Payton a lot of credit. I mean, he had to make plays, you know. Yeah. So, and we mentioned throwing for five thousand yards five times. Like that's throwing for eighty thousand yards. How many records he does have? And you know, not only did he throw for a lot of yards, he was really accurate. You know, um, quarterback rating was always one of the best in the league. It's just to me, he definitely overachieved. So I, I agree with that. Yeah. No, I think you said it well, and and I I agree. That's that's. I combo the ups and look at the research, like the ups and downs that were going on in San Diego on the field and then with the injuries. And then, you know, as disappointing as some of those as those losses are, who would have thought ever, but especially after Katrina, that the Saints would be looked at as expected to win. They should yeah. win. They should be favored to go to Super Bowl. And to get that expectation, you have to build it from somewhere. And and he's you know, one of the biggest parts of that. So, um, you know, despite everything, he, he's, you know, I talked, I forget which episode, but recently, check the archives. Check it, 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 to me, it's like the equivalent of like what Bill Snyder did in Kansas State as a football mm-hmm. coach. Like, you know, Kansas State, I remember then growing up, like, started when Sproul, they had expectation. When they lost, it was like, oh, man. But to get to that point from when people were saying you shouldn't have a program yeah. is something. To get to the point of you should be going to the Super Bowl to where you're going to lose your team. You're going to go to San Antonio. Yeah. You know, and that, and like in a five-year span, in, in, you know, what, four seasons they went to Super Bowl. And after that, they become a team that's expected to go back every year. Um, that's impressive. So, yeah. you know, you're, I agree with you, man. Yeah, definitely a lot a lot of respect, you know, for what he did on the field. Um Yeah. No, first battle hall of famer for sure. Um so yeah, it, it was a great run in New Orleans. Uh it was one of the best runs of all time for sure. Like it was you know, he sustained a, he sustained a lot of great play, you know, for for a long time there. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. and again, we talked about it earlier the difference of like personnel and you know, but the consistency was always Breeze and, and Peyton. So, no, this was really fun. I knew this was going to be a lot. Uh, it was a long career, so I, <laughs> I, I knew it was going to be a lot. But I, I'm, I'm glad we did this. You know what I mean? Because I know we've been talking about this for quite some time now. And then once the official announcement came out, we jumped right on it. So, um, no, it's good stuff, man. Yeah, I'm, I'm proud of that we did. And, I, and these are, these are. The fun ones that, you know, I think yeah. that because it, it goes with like life, like no one's one thing. And and these people like that who have these great careers, but there's a lot good, there's bad, there's in-betweens and what ifs. That's really fun to do. And I, I'm glad we did it. And hell, we did it, what, two days notice. <laughs> yeah. <I> know. <laughs> you know, so. It's good stuff, man. Absolutely. Absolutely. And we, you know, we have a lot more coming for you guys, Jose and I, um. And, and we thank you guys for listening. And let us know what you think. You know, good. If you agree, you disagree, hit us up on Twitter at InTheZone20201. Uh, and holler at us and let us know what you want to hear. So if you have ideas. We have a lot of ideas for future episodes. But if there's things that you want to hear, talk about, or there's points you, you like or you don't like, no trolling, but we're, we're always good for a good discussion. So. Yeah. It is sure. up. Yeah, it is up. But for the one and only Jose Ruiz, I'm Dermy Dove. Thank you guys for listening to End the Zone with Dermy and Jose. Peace.
Peace.